evening and welcome to Olosa Fumar Takes. This is our 241st take live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studio of Azel, Texas. I'm your host, Barry Duplissy, as always, and I'm so proud, so pleased, and so privileged to be with you all tonight. It's going to be a fantastic show. We're going to be talking all things Great Smoke, but a little bit extra on the side with a tremendous guest. I love having this guy on. It's a fantastic show. Every time he arrives, he's always got something else to add, and we're going to be promoting his greatest event uh, that he does every single year. It is, yes, it is that time again. But before we get to all the fun and all the action, we do have to thank the people that make this show possible. And, of course, is our sponsors. Tonight's show is sponsored by Drew Estate. Drew Estate announces the debut of the all-new Acid Cigars, Cubarity three packs at the Total Product Expo in Las Vegas coming this week, specifically designed to both broaden the palette of acid cigar enthusiasts and expand awareness of the full Drew Estate product portfolio. The Cuba, uh, the Cubarity three packs also present on-the-go consumers with tremendous value. For the price of two acid Cuba Cubas, purchasers receive three cigars with a free Undercrown Shade Cigar included in the pack. It's just really pretty cool. For all those people out there to say, hey, you know, acid cigar smokers don't know what they're missing, or, you know, regular Jewish State cigar smokers don't know what they're missing with acids. Now you've all got it in the Cubarity pack that Drew Estate is going to be offering and unleashing at the TPE trade show. Uh, the specifically selected cigars inside the Cubarity three packs are all Robustos, 5x54 Vitolas, and are all packaged inside resealable fresh packs with, yes, a Boveda humidification system to ensure that they remain fresh and uh, ready to go at all times. So check those out. Those will be coming uh, to your Drew Diplomat retailers here in a short order and they will be available at the total cigar or excuse me total product expo uh coming this week so check it out and everyone thanks this is our 240 41st take yeah i can't believe i've doing 241 of these and i still get tongue-tied at the beginning of this every once in a while but tonight's guest is sponsored by united cigars smoke one today start living united mr abe Debadna of smoking the great smoke and kma Tiger radio abe how you doing tonight good evening how are you doing sir I'm doing fantastic. I am absolutely fantastic. I opened this wonderful gift from you earlier tonight, uh, and it is awesome. I'm sporting a couple of the pieces right now. Uh, start with the hat. This is excellent. I love it. I'm all things. That's, I'm probably, all, one of my, that's probably one of my favorite hats of the great smoke we've ever done. So here's, here's the deal. Like, I have a big head, and... And that's why I wear, like everyone knows, like I usually wear fitted caps, usually by New Era, and uh, um, it's and I always wear them fitted and everything. So I got, this, a big I mean, head. I got a big head. Yeah, now now I won't go, I'm not gonna lie, the the uh, the snapback is on like the last couple of knobs, but like it still fits great. That's what's really cool. Like sometimes when you're like at the end, like it just doesn't feel right. But the high crown is exactly what I like on this, and I love the brim. The design's awesome. Like all things, all things to go with the theme for the What's night. So how many, how many snaps do you got? Uh, two. I'm, yeah, on, on, two. I'm, I'm two. on the back two. I'm on two. I'm on the back two. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good fit, and it feels comfortable. I'm definitely, I'm gonna definitely be taking this to the show as well as the beads. I've got the, I'm rocking the Marty Brower beads. We thanked Rocky Patel uh, earlier on the preview um, show where I un, uh, unboxed everything. And then we uh, just right now before we went live and everything, he did a good job with these, man. It's really awesome. Well, we made them. We just, oh, okay. we just, okay. did he helped pay yeah. for him. He helped pay for him. Say. I don't want to, <laughs> you guys did a great job. I, 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 a lot of the, I, a lot of the efforts you guys made on everything. I thought that, uh, 
I, I, I just, I dig the artwork. It's the cool, the cigar with the, the Mardi Gras mask and everything. I mean, I think it's just, it just has really come together. We're going to go through everything here tonight. I'm really excited. Uh, this is my, this is the second year that we are talking the great smoke here on the show. And it's my second year that I'll be attending. Um, so I'm super stoked. 17th annual. Can you yeah. believe you've done 17 of these, Abe? No, no, man. <laughs> 17 years. Crazy. Unbelievable. Man, what a run. Man, that's awesome. It just keeps, I mean, it's really, really, it really just, that just get bigger, right? It, I can't look at myself in a hat. I'm sorry. It's bothering me. <laughs> I, I never wear a hat, but it fits. Um, it's really evolved. And I think that's what I'm most proud of. The event's really come a long way from, you know, 300 to 3,000 people. I mean, it's just, and not just in size, just in what it, we do and what it does and what it's become between the theming of the event. You know, we've always had different activities, but really theming the event given a whole new personality, right? Every year is literally a new vibe. We already have art and swag we're working on 2024. And of course, we'll release that theme at the end of the Great Smoke this year. Nice. So the art... I'm, I'm excited for the art next year. It's, it's badass art. So um, we already have that done. But just between that and then even adding the virtual component mm-hmm. and letting people who can't take off time of work and can't get away for three or four days and travel to be able to afford affordably participate in this event from wherever they're at. They can have a watch party at their own home, watch it by themselves in, the, in their man caves. But you can still take advantage of everything it has to offer. And our team, along with Showtech, which is a great production company, these guys have done the Golden Globes, uh, Soul Train, Kings of Comedy, really um, bring it to you, right? Michael Herklotz, who's the the face of the virtual Great Smoke, along with Kim Keeney and KMA uh, personality, Paul DeGracco. I don't even like to call him a producer anymore. Personality, Paul DeGracco. Um, they really got a great chemistry to make people at home actually feel like they're there and give them a vibe of what's actually going on live at the time, which um, I didn't realize until afterwards how cool it was. But people who actually went there live then went and watched it a couple of weeks later because for them, it's a totally different experience. You know, right. no, broadcast to everybody at home is not what they're seeing there live. So for them, they got to have like two great smokes. Well, I guess that the, the pre-show was going on as we were rolling up as the show was starting last year. And like Coop had it on in the car. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. It was so, always, it was almost like, I don't know how to describe it. It was like listening to a pregame show before you attend a major sporting event. Like, I know that's kind of like, sounds a little over the top, but you know, for something, for as excited as I was for my first time attending, it, it really was like, I didn't know. I really didn't know. I honestly didn't know. Like I had you on the show a few weeks prior, you know, I heard Coop talk about it for years and everything. Um, but I really just didn't know what to expect. And the expectation really just, and I'm not just saying this cause you're, you're here. Like it really blew it out of the water. Like I was really blown away just by like everything, like to the smallest detail, just like the community, um, the theme, just how it was all pulled together. Like, um, I just really, I really enjoyed myself, and that's why I'm that's why I'm coming back this year. Oh, we so. love it, and that's what that's why it keeps growing because guys like you will go home, and next year you come back, and you got two or three buddies coming along with you. Um, we've always very much heavily focused on the production value, right? The experience. Mm-hmm. You know, most every decision we make, we make, we're thinking about how this is going to 
relate to the consumers who are there. This is something they're going to be enjoyed. It's something that will make the experience better. And it's, it's, I mean, listen, I ain't going to lie. Doing a live and virtual event at the same time is like brutal. It is very technical. In fact, one of my jobs this week is going to be to have to do the whole production timeline, which I will have to spend all night. I'll probably, I'll probably start working on it during the day and with the 8,000 interruptions and questions and calls I'll get through the day. Um, probably around eight, nine o'clock, people stop calling me. I'll probably work through the night, probably finish it sometime in the afternoon the next day. It's the only way I can get it done. Otherwise, it'll just take me forever because you really got to work on that without being bothered. It's impossible. So we're at that time where we get the production timeline. Because you got to remember, this is live. It's not pre-recorded. There's no editing. Right, right. There's no rehearsal. Michael Herklotz is flying in. Kim and Paul show up. And it's all planned out and laid out for them. And that's kind of what makes the timing go over so well for those who are attending and watching virtually from home absolutely so let's i mean we've kind of already div, dove, dove into it but let's dive into tonight's major point which is always brought to you by uh the p yes the people cigar people the people who know everything about a lifetime of service protocol cigars is more than just pool parties and good times well Maybe it is. But behind the fun is a motivation for service, a motivation for giving back. From the original Protocol Blue to the latest release in the Lawman series, Phoebe Cousins, Protocol has always been about honor, passion, and yes, the people. It's what their life's work has been and always will be about. Power of the P, Protocol Cigars. So, hey, we're, we've already kind of, like I said, we've already kind of dived into this. And like you said, there's a, there's there's all this planning that goes into everything. I was I was really actually kind of excited to just kind of talk to you from this different perspective. So last year we were a couple weeks out from when you were on the show to, um, to the great smoke. And so we're about a month out. So you plan this year, sometimes years in advance. Oh, we're already, we're already working on 2024. 2024. And <laughs> Not only do we already work on we have, we've had the contract for the date about six or seven months ago, and we already know the theme for 2025. Oh wow! Okay, so obviously, yeah. yeah. So years, years in the making and everything. What? I mean, is this? Is I mean, you're doing all these promotional shows too, as well. Like, you're, I know you're you're um, coming on my show. You're going to go on Goop Show and a couple of others as well. What? Uh, I mean, I mean, what's this? I mean, what's the stress level like? Is it? Does it? Is it now? Like, you know what? It's pretty much go time. Everything's pretty much in place, and you've done such a great job planning it. Or is it like? Or is it just like inside, no, like the duck, the duck, you know, on top of the water where you're, everything's calm and you're just paddling like crazy underneath? So before I answer that, I want to an answer Michael um, Santaga over here before I forget. Michael, um, we you can get a virtual pack in Canada. In fact, I think we've already had a dozen people order it. Um, we do ship to Canada. Um, just it's our normal international shipping terms and policies, and you can see it on the site. So if you are interested. You can get the swag pack that Bear Bear will show you tonight, but I wouldn't do anything yet until after you see, you might be able to win one because I'm going to give one away. Um, and I will tell you at some point during the show how you could win either a live ticket if you want to come down or a virtual one, courtesy of also day from our show. So hang tight before you run out and buy yourself a virtual ticket. You may win one. Um, so as far as the planning, I mean, look, I think the deep planning allows you the room and time to prepare for every catastrophe and fire that this sort of event is inevitably going to have. And we've already had a couple. Um, 
it's just that's kind of how anything this complex goes especially like so there are times where there's an a lot more of an added amount of stress that's typically every time we have to change a venue or we change a format completely so last so the digital experience was its own monstrosity when we did it <laughs> right i mean honestly in retrospect i've said it before i'll say it again i really would have hired a company to just follow us for the last 60 days and just have documented that whole process i had no even thought of how monumental that task was going to be so then we got past that hump and i'm thinking oh great i mean now it's back to normal but then we decided to do virtual and live and believe it or not doing virtual and live was way more complex than just doing virtual because you're literally timing two different productions at once yeah, and, I can imagine. It's nice. and the, the virtual is really easy because it's not tied into any hard schedule right we had a production timeline we had a director we go long here he cuts the next segment short we we have extra time we stretch out another segment but when you're doing virtual and live we have hard times where performers are going on stage right so the yeah. flexibility is really not there we're really following a much tighter timeline so last year was really stressful as far as doing it and we pulled it off and, and there was a lot of things that we saw we could make it better this year but um the format was there we got to work on it really really early um you know and that, that that's what helps we already have the tgs releases of the companies that we're working with in 2024 they're already in, in the works oh so, wow oh yeah i mean look i mean okay these aren't slow processes. I mean, quick, fast process, you know, you draw, you know, these, these and especially now, because now these companies are getting more excited. They're making like themed. I mean, I mean, here's the one from Ernesto Perez Carrillo. We just dropped the other night. Yeah. I saw your pictures of that. I was right. going to hope, I hope you had a box right. of it. Yeah. So, so yeah. Now they're getting themed special releases. So, you know, getting earlier in the process is imperative. So we already have those locked down. So it, it's, it's, I think we've gotten good at handling the chaos, but yeah, it's always crunch time. It's always a lot of work and kudos to not, you know, not just the team that handles the great smoke. This is overwhelming for my whole staff. I mean, we have thousands of people who are all of a sudden in town for four days and enveloped in your business for four days. People are putting in overtime. They're having long days and they all do it in great spirits because everybody's having such a good time, which kind of makes it a lot easier, right? Everybody's friendly and we're all, cheerful but it takes a toll on everybody and sure. i think the only reason and, and i'm telling you right now my staff's excited for it i mean it's because it's such a wonderful time so even though they're going to get beat up they're going to get worn down they're looking forward to everybody coming to town i mean they, they get excited about seeing their friends that they see one time a year in fact i have a bartender girl is kind of funny because the event's normally in february so i got a curveball last year Normally, you you've never seen it, Bear, because it was your first time last right. year. But the event normally takes place of those two orange buildings way out by the field where they had all the hot rods. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, those two yeah. buildings is where the great smoke has been since we moved to the fairgrounds. So they reach out to me in December and say, "Hey, look, you know, how would you feel if we moved your event to the main expo building? You know, we won't charge you, you know, any extra for it. You know, it's their main event hall." And I'm like, I was getting nervous. I'm like, are you asking me? Or are you telling me? Like, no, we're kind of telling you. Somebody wants your, I'm like, what's the point of a contract if you're going to move me like literally six weeks before my event? And I literally had to sit there and I sat for 17 hours straight 
figuring out how to redo a floor plan I've had for five years now into a new building, right? So we got that out of the way and we weren't sure how it was going to go off. And um, I mean, listen, don't get me wrong. It's air conditioned. It's indoors. It's high ceiling. It's a much nicer venue. Makes the show look way more, I don't know what the word prestigious, I guess, maybe. But I really didn't worry whether we would do it there again because it's normally no smoking in that building. And I said, there's no way they're going to have us back in this building after this event. <laughs> so they put us in there once to solve their problem, but there's no way. And um, when we finally got it all laid out and saw how the event flowed, we loved it. I was like, oh, man, we, we got to get back to this building. So I literally, like right after the Great Smoke that Monday, went to them and said, hey, look, would you, can we book this hall to do the event next year? We're like, well, yeah, but it's going to cost you more. This is what it's going to cost you. I'm like, okay, great. But a year ago, which is like really right now, they were already sold out for the month of February and the beginning of March. That's why this year, for the first time in 17 years, the event's landing in March and not February, which has primarily been for- Oh, okay. Yeah, I wondered, I wondered when the incident- I mean, I, I that building was sold, the, the building was sold out. That's why seven months ago or six months ago, we booked 2024 because now we're back in February in 2024. Nice. So, nice. And literally, like, when this event is over, I will be calling them to try to book 2025. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so I mean, you know, you, you just you move on the fly. So, moving into this building hall, we loved it, and we, we were and the fact that they were allow us to come back in there. And the fairgrounds look one of the hardest things about these types of events, and anybody who knows anybody who does them is is, is finding a welcoming venue. And the South Florida Fairgrounds people have not only been incredible, man, they are extremely welcome, welcoming, great. They like having our event there, and you know. I got on this tangent because why do we move in March? So Thursday night, we have a bartender that used to work for us. And now she she went to work for another place, but we have a great relationship with her. So she'll come back and help out during events when we need an extra body and stuff like that. She worked a great smoke for us last year. So Moxie, uh, one of our operations people, asked her to, if she wanted to help for the great smoke this year. And she said, absolutely. So she gave her the dates. So she walks in this Thursday, all excited and and. Lily walked up. Where is everybody? I said, "What are you talking about? What are you doing here?" Said, I mean, it's like great smoke. Where, why? Where are all the people? I'm like, babe, you're like a month early. Like, <laughs> you're taking off of work, thinking it was like February. This must be the weekend after Valentine's Day. Right. Not realizing that she gave her dates that were in March. So that's how <laughs> that's how excited people are to actually work the event, even though it really is a takes its toll. Definitely, I'm. I'm super excited just for a lot of things so like i wanted to light up a cigar so i thought it would be really good to light up from our pack tonight so this is uh the bag uh, that you guys put together again the artwork hey seriously like um look i loved i gotta tell you i loved the last luau logo last year i really did um this year's i think you did you guys just took it to a different level i mean yes the classic marty garga mask unclassic cigar of the mouth but the artwork outside of it, I mean, it's like everything you can think of New Orleans. You got Mardi Gras masks, you got music, you got voodoo dolls. Uh, I mean, the only thing you're missing is a beignet, unless I can't see it. Florida Lees, you know, they're all in there. Like, it's just, it's really great. Like, I mean, your team did a great job. Like, where, who, who's the artist behind this? I have we to got, ask. We got, we got, we got two graphic, full-time graphic guys who work for us full-time, exclusively for us. And I got, and kudos to those guys. Those guys produce great art. I mean. 
I know you love that art, but wait till you see the one we have for next year. I'm, I, I was excited about it when I saw it. Like, yes. Because look, one of the hardest things as an owner, and, and I have a graphics background, so maybe sometimes I can express myself better to them. But like you have something in your head and you're trying to verbalize yes. it, but then it's going to try to create it visually. And sometimes that's a tough connection to make with somebody, right? I'm thinking of something, but I'm going to tell you what I'm thinking. And hopefully you can take what I'm thinking and put it on paper. And these guys are really great, man. They, they do such a good job. Yeah, I mean, they, they really did. I think it's I think it's really cool. We're going to get to a couple of the other pieces. So this is the, this is actually the this was actually this piece that we have to talk about because um, Coop is really excited about the fact that there was a shot glass. And I, I kind of well, chuckled because I was like, I was like, Coop, what are you going to do with the shot glass? And I learned something new about our, our mutual friend. Uh, apparently, he has an extensive shot glass collection. So there's a lot really, of people. There's a lot of people who collect shot glasses. Yeah, That's yeah, no, it's huge. I think we incorporated the first shot glass in a digital experience. So we've just been doing it ever since. So I think now you can't stop making them because people actually like Coop look forward to them. Right. Last year's was super cool. It was like a little uh, tiki totem. You know, for the little right. one, it was a little, really cool looking shot glass. I loved it. So I'm actually just going to reach in. Um, I'm just going to reach into one of these bags randomly and pull out a cigar. There's so many good cigars in here. So, uh, with, you know what? Yeah, we were talking about this pre-show. I, I was going to, I was half tempted to push it back. I was like, no, that violates the integrity of the grab bag concept. Um, I wanted to say, I wanted to say, but the hell with it. Uh, it's a great cigar. This is uh, from our good friend, Mr. Robert Holt. Oh, you did, yeah. The, the Jacob's, Jacob's Ladder. Yeah, we were talking about this before the, the show, actually, that he uh, he selected this cigar. So this, this will this is available to all attendees along with 32 other cigars. I mean, you got some, and, and then we're, we're talking about, I mean, the industry, and this is what I was talking about when I was doing the unboxing earlier this evening. And something I really appreciate about the great smoke and what I really realized there last year in person and everything is, and we talked about your relationships in the industry last year on this show. I don't, uh, you probably don't remember. I know we slept, slept not as much as you'd like to between us, right. <laughs> uh, but there's this really fantastic mix of like the boutique loving cigars, which is probably most of my audience, to be honest. And then the person who's been smoking, you know, you know, Arturo Fuente Hemingway's for the last 40 years, you know, like it just, you have this really nice mix of, of great classic, you know, legacy brands, companies, personalities and everything. And then you've got people like Robert Holt, who's been doing this for, you know, 10 years, which is a long time, but nothing, nothing long, like, you know, a couple of, uh, a couple of decades, you know, or several decades, like some of these families and stuff. You know, the psychological mindset that I have comes from growing up in the grocery business, right? You know, you go to a grocery store, they got five different cans of corn. You ask them, well, why do you need five different cans of corn? Well, there are different variants to the corn. And while you can't relate it as being boutique or not, you just get in the mentality that you need to cater to what your consumers want. And our consumers, our industry is made up of consumers who like the boutique, smaller company cigars, the, the mid-sized companies, and the guys who like the stuff that these big legacy companies do as well. So, you know, you you know anybody who like pigeons holds themselves. And listen, some people that model works for some people, right? I want to sell sure. just boutique stuff. That's what I want to sell, or whatever. But when I think about that, all I can think about is the other eighty percent of the people who I can't service or I'm not helping 
you know, along in their cigar journey. So, you know, we like, we have everything from bundles to the rarest cigars because that's what consumers want. And that's kind of how we run our business. So that gets translated into the great smoke. It's a mix of all the companies that we deal with and, you know, without their support and their excitement for our event, there'd be no great smoke. So, you know, that's part of, part of the thing, you know, we were talking about, you know, the, the going around and getting the cigars from people who are coming down their lives. So just for all the listeners who are watching, you know, bears part of the media got his kit early. So bears actually coming down live. So we just sent him his kit early so he could help show it off and, and whatever. But if you're coming down live, You'll get it that day. If you get a virtual ticket, we ship you the whole kit, just like he got it. Yep. Those will start going out March first, the first week right. of March. We'll start yeah, getting so it everybody. Yeah. So we talked about the process of going around getting all the cigars manufactured. This has been something over the years. We've gone back and forth. We went one year with packing the VIP ones in advance, and then didn't do it. And it's a fifty-fifty. There are consumers who love that part of it, being able to walk around, see everybody. And there are consumers who don't like it. So I don't think we get away with changing that without half the people kind of liking or not liking that decision. So keeping it the way it is is probably the easiest thing. But we talked about it. It's like, look, if there's not that process, what are these manufacturers going to do standing at the booth for four hours, five hours? Right. And I think it you lose, you definitely, you make half the people happy. but you make like, I mean, what is their happiness equal? Like they're not, they're not like, they're not more engaged. They're not having a better experience by not going right to do the trick or treating, but the trick or treaters who like it, like I actually enjoyed it. I actually enjoyed that part. I really did. It's split. So, but you know, one people will engage when they may have not engaged, but then I also got to think of for these manufacturers because right now, they every manufacturer I talk to loves doing this event. We never have a hard time. In fact, every year, unfortunately, we have to turn some people away. They enjoy our event. And if if what's happening now is like early on, they're all busy getting everybody their cigars, right? And then kind of at the two-hour mark, two and a half hour, everybody's kind of gotten their cigars except some stranglers. Then all the socializing and interactions going on, they're talking and it's great. If if, if it's a four to five hour event, what are these guys gonna do? They're going to sit there between their thumbs looking at each other, you know? So in order to make sure that they're getting a positive experience, I think the best formula at this point is to keep that part of the event live. Cause I, I don't think there's really a better solution for that. The, I, th- I think the most, like one of the things that that is really exciting about going live and experiencing it. I experienced the virtual, the, the original virtual, right? Well, where everyone was pretty much experiencing the virtual. And then, but by going it the following year and experiencing it live for the first time, what was really enjoyable was seeing the, the mixed, you know, the mixed package that you put together with it. Cause it was, it for me, it was really exciting because I got to experience what I had experienced the previous year in a more out of body experience. I know that's a little dramatic, but it really was kind of seeing that take part on stage and then also being able to be kind of in the thick of it at the same time. Um, I mean, let me look, I, I mean, everybody loves Michael Herklotz. I mean, he's a very charismatic individual. How do you not like that man? As I always tell people, but like, did you, did you know what you were getting when he signed on to be the host for the first year? Did you really know uh, the co-host rather? And then, and then him being the MC last year? 
that was the most integral decisions to make in my vision of the digital experience being successful. There was nobody else I was going to ask first. And when I asked him, I really thought it was going to be a 50-50 whether I'd get a yes or not. You know, at that time, he was still working for Nat Sherman. Um, wasn't sure how he felt about it, if he had the time. He's a busy guy, too. And um, I just, I've sat on many advisory boards. I've done a lot of panels with Michael. I've known Michael for decades. And I just knew, because I, I knew what I was producing. So I, I couldn't be a, a lone soul up there. I knew we needed to have a couple other personalities involved when we did the digital experience. So I couldn't find anybody better having sit with me co-hosting other than Michael. So we asked him and, you know, he's like, you know, I, I would love to do it. I need to see if I could put it together and, and whatnot. And, um, you know, when he agreed to do it, I was elated. That, that's when I knew this was going to come off well, no matter what, because I really didn't know. I could carry it. You got to remember, this is going to be seven and a half hours with really no real breaks. So I really didn't know if I could carry it myself for that long. And I mean, even on KMA, I got two or three other guys to bounce and talk to and, and, and you know, have some feedback from. So I'll never forget after this was all done. And you got to remember, Michael was flying down, having no idea what he was going to see, what the set looked like, what the production was going to be like. I mean, mm -hmm. and he was really floored and blown away when it was all done. I remember we're, we're exhausted. We're sitting in the green room. We got our jackets off. We got a drink. And I literally looked at him. I said, so, you know, do you think this is something you might want to do again next year? <laughs> I got to hit him early, bro. Yeah, you did lose the I opportunity. I got to hit him early. And he literally turned to me and looked. And he said, do you really have to ask? And that was that. Oh, that's awesome. That was that. Michael became is now officially the, the, the face of the virtual great smoke, you know? And, um... Yeah, you know, great guy. He was a good friend, and I'm I'm indebted to him for it, his commitment to it. But once again, it's kind of now become part of him and his culture and the culture of what he sells. And I think a lot of our fans and the Great Smoke fans have bonded with him over it, which I think ultimately is good for his brand too. So it, it's right. a very synergi synergistic relationship. I I thought uh, um I thought um one of the the most memorable moments for me uh last year was uh was Michael and Steve Saka on the stage together and I thought that was that was a really that was a really powerful interview and you're thinking about like the the context of uh, this event right like my my show has an intimacy to it I go deep with some people and I you know we we kind of go with the story behind the story and everything but like an event is different like if I'm emceeing an event like that, like I'm not having these intimate conversations with people on stage. It's just one, it's not entertaining. It's not the place to do it and everything. Michael somehow was able to work some magic and still have that kind of like big event energy. And he had some really nice, like, like almost intimate moments with Steve. It was really, really cool. I really enjoyed that. It was. I actually, I actually have more confidence in Michael doing that part of the job than myself. And I host the show every week. Right, you know, I, he he is good at that. He has a gift, and 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 I totally wanted to take advantage of that. No lie. So, I mean, it was a blessing for us for him to say yeah and be part of the experience. And you know, that was a last second curveball. I think we might have decided the day before. Um, those interviews were supposed to be just for virtual because we weren't sure how that was going to translate at a live event with everything going on. You know, sure. 
that was supposed to be an intimate thing just for the virtual people. And we kind of audible the last minute and said, look, we're going to move these segments onto the main stage. Let, let, we'll broadcast it home for the main stage because we have a big, like 15 foot LED wall above the stage. And we'll just broadcast it to those live who want to watch it there live. And it ended up working out really, really well. We're following the same format this year. That's kind of really the only part of the show that the people live and at home are experiencing at the same time. I love it. I think it was, I think it's, it, it really, it, it, it transcended any normal live event. Just like I'm sure the people who were at home, it transcended any, you know, the, the virtual experience that they had had the year before, or even if they hadn't any other kind of virtual experience, it was just, it's, it's very unique. You and your team have done a really good job. I'm trying to place my cigar here. Cause I want to grab the next piece of awesome swag out of the bag why here that? why are you doing that let me tell anybody who's watching right now whether you're on facebook i'm gonna give away i'm gonna tell you how you could win a ticket to the great smoke either live or virtual your choice during the show today so look i know for a fact because some people have reached out to me like they're not able to attend virtual or live this year you know it's it's a rough year cost of everything has gone up one of the reasons why we wanted to make sure even though we haven't like raised the prices forever we did not raise the ticket price this year um, and everything costed more this year, like everything. The venue I was alone, about to say, like everything the venue alone cost a whole lot more. So everything costs more now. Everything so. was outrageously more this year. We did not raise ticket prices here, but if you know a friend who's missing out, get them to watch the show or watch it later. Cause I'm going to give people a couple of days to get in on this. I want as many people have an opportunity as possible, but courtesy of also do from our show, we're going to give away a ticket to somebody. So if you know somebody tag them, let them know. And I will tell you at some point during the broadcast how we're giving it away. Perfect. So I was actually talking about this in the previous show where I was showing off all this stuff. First of all, here's the uh, the microfiber towel, which again has that gourd. I think this is the best. I think this is the best design. So I mean, like it's it kind of mirrors the bag a little bit, but it's got the it's got the mix of everything. You know, it's got the fun graphic, the the year on it. Of course, you got their collectible, but like again, I just. I love the detail of, and this is the, the, I don't know how to describe it. So like the hat, the brim and everything like that. And like the, and the shot glass, like the background is, is, is much more vibrant, but on the towel, it's kind of faded in the background and it, it it's different. Like the, you think like when you're branding this and creating these things, that they're all going to be identical and they're not. And you I want, think that's really you want cool. them to have a little bit of uniqueness. Yeah. To all the pieces. They all kind of look the same at first. Right. Look. You know, it's all themed together, but they all have a little bit of uniqueness to them. And then here's the bottle opener too. That's a hefty piece right there. They call that a yes. bar. Key. That's called a bar key and the towel's called a rally towel. Okay. Rally towel. Sorry. I've I learned a lot of lingo making these packages. <laughs> here's the thing like okay so yeah so this is hefty like you said to call it a hefty piece and I'll, I'll i'll pull them out here in a second to show but like the one thing that i thought was really cool and i love this is okay so i love this for a number of reasons and you're gonna probably think like why were you so excited about this bear and that's the uh here i've got it right here there we go got it right here um the cutter and the lighter, which, by the way, the lighter with the yellow and the the, the logo on there is everything is awesome. Um, these are, and this is what I was talking to people, and I, I'm 
forgive me on the show. I, I slipped a little bit when I said this is I love this cheap cutter. And I don't mean that as negatively as it sounds, but these are these are travelers friends. That, listen, Here, that's if, why we put them in there. We know exactly. people are coming in from out of town. A lot of people are coming from out of town. And just to have a basic torch lighter and cutter is such a necessity when you travel and get off a plane. It's the number one thing people start asking somebody local. Do you have a, so throwing that in the in, in those packages is really more of a um, necessity. <laughs> you know, we feel mm-hmm. it's a necessity for most of the people coming to the event. You know, not so much for the people at home, but it really is a necessity for those people traveling because they'll get used all four days. Yes. Coop swears by these lighters. He says they're travel proof. Um, I've tested it a couple of times. I've gotten through, uh, for the most part, there was one airport where I didn't, it's fine. Not a big deal. Uh, but like, I have enough people saying that they've gone dozens of dozens of trips with these lighters and it's never an issue. Cutters are never a problem, but it's nice to have a cutter that like, if you get that one TSA agent that's just not having it, he's having a rough day. You know what? If, if it's gone, it's gone. You know, it's just one of those things. I mean, I'd hate to lose it, you know, for the commemorate, but I have all this other cool stuff to commemorate the event. It's pretty cool. I love it. That that's and I know it's like I said, it was kind of weird, but I was really excited because I again you took into consideration the traveler. And that's Always. that's what these are. And that's that's what's really cool about this. Um yeah, I mean the big I you know, I travel with big letters because, you know, for the most part, because I just, you know. You can get away with it, <laughs> but right. it's you know nice to have. Through, right? yeah. yeah, it's nice to have the it's nice to have the torch lighter for sure and everything. There's a couple more pieces we'll bring out here in just a second here a little bit. But as we're kind of going through this here, the, the other thing I want. So we talked a little bit about the theme. You've got the theme already that you'll unveil at the end of the Great Smoke this year for 2024. You'll probably be working on 2025 here in short in short order. Um, and like you said, it's a newer concept. You always have you haven't always done the theme. No, that started in, that started in 2020. And it started on accident. You know, what, what we used to theme only was the printing material, the lanyards, the tickets, the ads, some kind of background theme, whether it be like earth tones or woods or steel or fire. That was kind of the only thing that we did, like the background of the printing stuff. And then in 2020, he did this ad piece and he shows it to me. And the background had this thing, and and I didn't know what he was doing. But I said, I, I, I like the disco ball background. What made you think? He goes, it's not a disco ball. It's like a galaxy. It's a nebula thing. I'm like, oh. And then that's where I said, well, dude, we should make it a disco ball and just do a 70s. And that's how that came out. Oh, and my gosh. Did, yeah. And then we did, that, we did that whole 70s theme. We had a great 70s band, uh, Club 54, that was on stage. It tore the house down. And um, it was a lot of fun. And that was on the fly. So it got way more intricate last year with the with the um, last luau and it being now a virtual and live broadcast. Because that themed event was when we weren't doing a live broadcast. That was right before the digital experience. And then we, we made videos at the end of the 70s saying, we'll see you next year. There was going to be a Hawaiian luau theme. We told people, then we had the pandemic. So we didn't get to do the Hawaiian luau. We did the digital experience and we came back with the last luau last year. So that's how that developed. But I mean, look, I I don't know anybody who remembers the stage last year, but uh, you know, it had two smoking volcanoes on there and whatnot. And I'll give your listeners a little 
little sneak peek at some of the stuff going on here because I get updates regularly. But like, oh, come on, open up. These are the kind of pieces <laughs> that are being designed. I cannot wait to see the, the finished product here. Oh, well. I can never get this to work. Let me try this again. All right, now let's try this. Should be there. There it is. Look at this piece. And this is unpainted or nothing. I'm going to try to show it to you. Can you see that without the... Uh, let me turn this... Yeah, let me turn this background off. Are we, uh, are we in the office or... No, bro. 10.30 on a Sunday night, please. You did it from the office one time, I thought. Uh, it could be. I've had, could I've be. had you out a couple of times. Yeah, I know that your wonderful uh, wonderful bride has donated the bedroom a couple of times, too. So. Oh, yeah, we did that once one year, too. I remember that because I wanted to smoke. It's like, well, you can't smoke in the house, but I want to smoke in the bedroom. I'm like, all right. Um, let me see here. Video. How do I turn the virtual screen off? I'm not seeing it. Yeah, if you go to... Uh, video settings, and then you should be able to just uncheck the box. It used to be, maybe I'm clicking on the wrong one. Let me see here. Hand, share screen, chat, participant, video right here. Let me see here. FaceTime, blur my background, choose my virtual background. Here we go. All right, there we go. I got it now. So, like, this is, look, oh, my phone's off now. I mean, look at this piece. I mean, it's just absurd. Can you make that out at all? Let me shut this light. Maybe it's too much glare. Ah, fuck, you can't make it out. Oh, darn it. That stinks. Oh, yeah. oh wait. Oh, yep, there it is. Oh, yes. There's a cigar coming out. You can see the, the beginnings of the mask. Yeah. Oh, that's that's awesome. Aaron. And that cigar is oh. going to smoke. Oh, shut the fuck up. No, bro. <laughs> I mean, the lengths we're going in production now is just stupid. Because <laughs> we get to the point where we constantly want to try to outdo ourselves. You know, it's just, that's just one piece. I mean, I, I got text updates. I give your fans a little teaser, but I got text updates up the wazoo from the production team. I mean, it's really, really nuts. That's awesome. A lot of people come far and wide from this. I know that uh, there's a, a couple that came from Alaska last year. What's, who's the, is, are they the furthest travelers that, you, that you're aware no, of? No, we have somebody who comes from Israel every year. Okay. But they are far travelers. I'll tell you a great story about that, too. We're at the dinner. They're from Juneau, Alaska. Big fans of ours. Basically, at this point, they're family, um, literally. Um, but uh, we, we met during COVID, and then they came down once on a spur of a whim. There were New Orleans, of all places, visiting. Decided, hey, this is about as close as we may ever get to Boynton Beach. Little did they know they'd be coming down once or twice a year regularly. They actually <laughs> left their hotel without checking out, drove 14 hours to come hang out. A couple of days with us and then drove back to their hotel so um they come from alaska but a great story is they're they're at the great smoke dinner last year and you know it's 200 people you know a long table a lot of people and the word gets out somebody says to them uh someone else from Juneau is here like what who's from Juneau here so they, now they're out on the hunt they want to go see who else is from their hometown and they finally catch up and it was michelle I think it was Michelle's son's dentist. So they, oh, that's actually, funny. they actually knew each other. Oh, that's they're, funny. They were both buying from us, coming to the Great Smoke, and didn't even know they shared the passion of enjoying cigars from the home team hometown. How insane is that? That is 
great, great equal. It's the great equalizer, man. It really um, is. That's awesome. So we we talked a little bit about the the this now since you turned the background off. I do want to talk about some of the like we're gonna def, we're not done talking about the experience of the great smoke, but like the experience of the great smoke is more than just the afternoon. Now it's become this like now it's it's spanning into its its fourth day. Right, we've got Thursday event, Friday event, Saturday the main event. And then even there's even a Sunday brunch now that's being hosted too. So you got four days of just of an, of an experience here. I mean, so Reader's Digest version on this one. We have a, a group of guys from Boston to thank for this. I really wish I could name them, but this is going back to year two and three. So, um, but I was working late. This could have been the first year, maybe first, first or second year. I was working late and um, it was after hours and the phone rang. It was like 10 o'clock at night. And I, I, I'm there. I pick up. We were closed for two hours. I'm picking up. And it's this gentleman from Boston who missed out on tickets for Cigar Fest, said, I heard about your event, you know, and can you tell me about it? I'm thinking about coming down. So I tell him about this event, what we do, how cool it is, blah, 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 blah. And yeah, it had to be the second year because we were we had already moved out of no, it was the third year. We already had moved out of the parking uh, out of the front of the store into the parking lot. And um, when I was done talking to him, he was like, all right, that sounds amazing. What else do you got going on? I'm like, what do you mean? What else do I got going on? That's, the event. <laughs> that's, not, that's not enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the event. And the man made a valid point, which I never forgot. He's like, oh, you know, that sounds great. But, you know, me and my friends want to fly down, get a hotel, you know, whatever. It's like, you know, four hours worth of stuff. That's it. Then what? I'm like, you know, I didn't design this event for people flying into town. It really was just meant to, for locals here who yeah. patronize our shops. I mean, I had no idea it was going to become a multi-interstate and then eventually international event. <laughs> I said, look, I tell you what, I get it. Next year, I'll plan an after party or something like that. And sure enough, the guy after that event, he came out, he goes, I loved it. I'll be back next year. I said, next year, I'll have an after party. And that was the first time we have an after party. And we did that for, I don't know how many years. And then that didn't seem like enough for people flying down. So then we started with a VIP dinner, you know, a pre-event dinner, and, you know, the, the Friday before. And then it just involved and then an event on Thursday night and then an event on Sunday brunch. So now for the longest time, for the longest time, we had events Thursday night, two events Friday night, the main event Saturday, two events you can go to on Saturday night, and a Sunday brunch. And just, just, I mean, it's been that way for a long time now, five, six, seven years. And just when you think like, look, how much more crap can you pack into four days? Now this year for the first time ever, we're having a tailgate party. Tailgate party, yeah. Add it in. We just threw it in the mix. Yeah. So, you know, Mitch from the Cigar Ruffians, we shot to me, he's like, throw a tailgate party. I said, absolutely. What do you need from me? What do you want to do? So we got Eric Espinosa involved. They made a special tailgate cigar that's going to be given out free to the first hundred people. Um, and uh, there's going to be, I think, beer and donuts. And they're going to be out there. I think he's got a DJ coming. And they're just going to be out there partying a couple hours before they go in the Great Smoke. So just when you thought you couldn't pack any more crap into a five-pound bag, we added more. <laughs> hey, listen, and that's what kind of this event is. There's so many other things. We have activations. So on top of those three, if you're coming down live, on top of those three, two cigars, you have activations. You're going to walk away with your cigars. And... You guys didn't get them because we sent out your packs early, so I apologize. But um, 
Drew Estate now, last minute, has thrown in a bonus cigar, which I can't even tell you what it is. So if you're coming live. You can't or you won't. <laughs> I won't. I won't tell you what it is. When, when, when you're coming down live um, and you go to the Drew Estate booth and they give you their Undercrown 10 Toro that you'll get for them, you'll be getting a second cigar from them, a bonus cigar. And anybody who's got virtual packages coming, that bonus cigar will be in your pack as well, courtesy of the folks over at Drew Estate. So it's times. Always, always little surprises in the mix. Good stuff. I'm, I'm, yeah, this is, uh, the tailgate party is really exciting. I think that, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a great new little, you know, added bonus, like you said, which I think is pretty cool. The, um, I was going to say the, the other thing that I really thought was really nice, um, for, I think the, I think the brunch adds an interesting component too, because like for people who are like, man, like, like they don't want to do the after party thing or, you know, the people who need a, you know, a little pick me up after the after party too. The brunch is just the perfect, perfect escape too. So, um, so it's going to be at the, it's going to be at the store though, right? Boynton beach. Yeah. Yeah, We used to ultra events, West Palm, West Palm, Boynton. And uh, last year just proved that West Palm cannot handle the capacity. It's gotten too big. So now all the, all the outside main events are all at Boynton beach. We have, Jonathan Drew and the folks at Drew Estate kicking it off Thursday night with a huge event uh, in Boynton Beach. Friday night, you have the man himself, actually Mr. TGS, Steve Saka, will be hosting an event Friday night, our headquarters in Boynton Beach, while Michael Herklotz and the Red Meat Lovers Club will be catering a 200-person dinner over at the fairgrounds. And then um, after the event, we're back to Boynton Beach with Matt Booth of Room 101 Cigars. And then we cop, cop it off uh, Sunday with a brunch with uh, Terrence, Terrence Riley. Riley. Validating Agonorsa cigars. I mean, it's, we got a big cast this year, in and out. I mean, it really yeah. is. Between the guys involved in the events, and then we had Soccer making us a TGS release, Alec and Bradley Rubin making one, Robert Holt, Ernesto, Ernesto, and Rockula. I mean, it's just a crazy cast, a crazy packed cast this year. The, the I was going to ask you about this. This was a it was an interesting little curveball um, that that Michael and not Steve was going to be hosting the Red Meat Lovers Club VIP dinner. Uh, and I so, was, didn't know if that I was intentional like, or something. I don't like to call it VIP dinner. Now I call it pre-event dinner. Okay, gotcha. Because there's been confusion over the years that buying a ticket to the VIP event meant that it was a VIP dinner as well. Gotcha. So, we're, we're, no, 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 it's not you. It's us. We're, we're trying to move away from the VIP dinner lingo to just pre-event dinner um, because people would show up at the dinner with their TGS main entry VIP ticket thinking that a dinner was included in that, and it's not. So, um, but but you have to understand, before Red Meat Lovers, before Saka, we were, Evan, as the Red Meat Lovers, was hosting the, the TGS dinner. So the Red Meat Lovers Club dinner existed in the Great Smoke before the brand of in the cigar. So it seems odd only in retrospect. Mm, gotcha. Okay. The first Red Meat Lovers Club dinner was the Anarchy Chaos with Pete Johnson. No kidding. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Like, <laughs> wow. That, that, was go back. Time, that was the first time we tried to pull it off. and we Because what was happening is the, the pre-event dinner was always at, um, well, it wasn't always. But for many years up until that point, it was at Roos Chris Steakhouse. And the problem is they can only handle about 70 people. 
not a lot of people, especially when you have a lot of people flying in out of town. So the question was, how do you find a venue? And, and let me tell you something. While we couldn't smoke inside, the Ruth's Chris people really accommodated us. They made a beautiful patio outside, had ashtrays out there. They even had a little bar out there, piped in music. So you got to get there early, have some cocktails, enjoy a cigar outside. February in Florida is a nice time of year to be outside. We'd go in for dinner. Sometimes our dinner would take a little break, come back outside a little bit. Then we'd go finish dinner and, you know, guys would talk. And then we'd come back outside and smoke. So they really accommodated us. The problem is they just didn't have the room. So I'd, I'd met Evan and I'd gone to one of his functions. And we were talking about the great smoke. And then he said, I would love to cater that event. And I said, well, look, I mean, if I open this up, you could probably get a couple hundred people. And uh, we talked about it. And then that year was the first year. And I was a little nervous because I wasn't sure how people would take having a nice formal sit-down dinner at Ruth's Chris to now being outside, 200-foot table. You know, this this would, would they still... And that year, was everybody was elated. It was such a big hit that now, he, you know, he's the official host of that dinner, regardless of what brand, because it's going to be a different company every year. I got to say that the the amount of times that I've talked to you about this about in about all the years in the past and stuff and we took a we took a nice historical deep dive last year it seems like you know as you as you develop this as you develop the great smoke and everything and the more and more things change and everything like that the more things surprise you about how and you look you've look you've got event downing event and planning down to a science and everything but I think like even you admit that like the some of the the cooler things you talked about the theme being kind of on a whim you talked you know this you know this surprise of going from a formal setting to a more informal setting and people being like related like i mean is there anything at this point that would surprise you as you no, continue man. to evolve this no because we're just i mean luckily i've surrounded myself with a bunch of crazy people like me we'll just, <laughs> we'll just look they wanted me to come down in a helicopter once to the great smoke i said no i don't do helicopters I mean, there's stuff I'll do, but there's stuff I won't do. I'm not getting into So skydiving is out of the question then, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's not happening. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, look, I mean, look, the whole digital experience, that whole epic broadcast, historic broadcast, was the whim of a stupid idea. I mean, literally, we, we knew we didn't want to cancel the event. We knew we didn't want to have a virtual event the way I saw other people doing it, right? It, it couldn't look like this. And don't get me yeah. wrong. I'm not putting this format down. This is the exact same format we yeah, use. This, this this is a show. Yeah. Right. It's, this is the exact same format we do a KMA. It's not an event. It's a show. Right. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. But this this is not going to translate well to consumers. If this is what we were going to do, then all I'd be interested in is selling packages and not really doing anything as far as experience. So I literally bought the team in, and we really spent about three and a, two and a half minimum hours saying, coming up with stupid idea after stupid idea, what we could do, what we could do. And literally, I just finally just said off the top of my head, literally, I said, look, man, what if we did like a real television broadcast, like Jerry Lewis telethon-ish? At one point in the idea process, we were going to have fake phones. I mean, you might be too young to remember the Jerry Lewis <laughs> No, I, re I remember telethons. But we were going to have fake phones of people taking orders and like get Steve Saka after his interview to walk over there and fake taking call. Just... For the hilarity and parody of it, not like you know they were going to take real orders. I would, I would love to be on the end of the line with Steve Saka taking. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just telling you. I mean, <laughs> we were, you know, I mean, there's I'd no pay, way. I pay extra for that. 
there's, there's no way we would have time to have really got the phone lines in there and done it. But we just thought it'd be hilarious because anybody who remembered that growing up would have found it funny. They'd be like, oh, let me look. I don't even think there was really there's you can't even call in. I mean, it would crush anything. But can you imagine like Steve Saka? We have him there acting like he's taking a customer's order over the phone. I mean, we had all this stuff and I'm just talking about it out of my ass. And my operations guy turns to me and says, well, you know, my best friend does that for a living. He's a production company. They put shit like this together. I'm like, well, you think he's going to want to do some poke dope cigar vape? He's like, well, all we could do is ask. I'm going to call him up. And he called him right then and there. Put him on speaker. And the guy says, I love this. Well, yeah, and that's how we got involved with Monty and the fine folks at Show, at Show Tech and Nick Stoner and his team here in South Florida. Wow. And they really made that whole thing happen. But once again... Just on a whim. Well, the, this is uh, so. This is the last piece I wanted to bring in. The last piece from the the other than the lanyard and the, the bag and everything too. So this is the uh, the ashtray that you guys are giving away this year. It's part of the pack. Um, really, really. Again, I keep going on and on about the design, but again, we talked about the uniqueness of each piece. This one kind of really envelops the musical aspect. You got the musical notes, the Mardi Gras colors all around the edges, and then of course the the great smoke. Uh, 2023 in the middle there um and this isn't this is a nice piece too now this isn't like some of those heavy ashtrays but it's not like you know those light ones too that you know or whatever but this is th and this is what i was talking about on the on the previous show Abe, and i think you'll appreciate this too especially since you, you and your team went to all this trouble of making all this stuff is i like to use my swag i like to use it like my my normal day-to-day -day cutter is a swag piece that I got, you know, from Justin Andrews at an event before PCA one year. Uh, I have a lighter here that Eddie Guerra gave me from a Camacho thing. I, I mean, I use this stuff. And so when you guys make stuff and, and it's like, it, it's, it's usable, like the, the, the fun, like I'm not going to be wearing these Mardi Gras beads on an everyday occurrence, but like, I mean, there's some fun oh, stuff mixed in too. Everybody's going to be wearing them that day. Yes. And, I mean, and that's, that's the beauty of it. I mean, look, that rally towel, you ain't going to rally towel anywhere else other than Great Smoke with it, right? And, and guys like Steve Sokka is probably going to steal somebody's just to wipe his head for half the day, right? That's what but, I thought. So, yeah. But that's how we'll end up getting hung up on someone's wall because it's it's a canvas. It's a, it's a work yeah. of art. So, I mean, we, we like we don't like just to make stuff to say, hey, you got shit in a bag. We we really, it's stuff that we feel that it'll be used or functional or will have a certain purpose as well. And yeah, and like, like these cutters like these, like we were talking a second ago, they get handed out at events all the time and things like that. And like, but again, I think there were, there was even purpose behind that. We talked about it being a traveler piece and like some of these other things, like they're going to get used or they're going to be part of a collection like the shot glass or something like that. And it's different. They're different from last year and they're different. I'm sure they're different the 16 times before that, you know? So it, I, I really like how the, the, the thoughtfulness that kind of goes into every single aspect of of everything that we talk about it's really really cool stuff i'm 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 genuinely excited again for this year's event it's gonna be awesome so um are you ready to talk about how someone can get this this ticket or do you want to yes. keep saving this yes. yes no it's about time i want to i want to shout out to um i'm come watching the comments on, on my phone in the corner i want to shout out to sean miles um sean made a comment here let me pull it up here where he said it. Um, uh, oh, yeah. He says, Honest Abe DeBabna saved my life during COVID. His Whereby Virtual Lounge was amazing. And to this day, I'm still in there every, sorry, 
every night. Well, I'm not super involved in the smoking social Facebook group. I'm a major lurker. Sean, first off, let's be real. I mean, that was a tough time for everybody. I think that's why the digital experience was so well received. People were just pent up for a year and a half, wanted to belong and do something and even try to get together though they physically couldn't. But Sean, man, you were our virtual lounge's quintessential host 24 hours a day. Sean had the virtual lounge opened in his garage. I would check in from time to time. It'd be on. He wouldn't be there, but it'd be on. And sometimes he'd be down there by himself. So, I mean, you know, whether he likes it or not, he became a big part of our community and our family. And, um, you know, like he said, everybody made a lot of good friends during that period. And that COVID period, I think, also kind of, I like to call it, like, has put me in my renaissance years now. It kind of revitalized me personally. Because, you know, look, there's certain aspects you lose as a proprietor as you grow. And most of them are the connectivity and social aspects. You get so dug up in what you have to do every day to keep this machine moving that you lose out on some of the intimacy and some of the stuff that really, for me personally, drew me to this business. And... COVID saved my life in that respect um, because I really wasn't, before COVID, I really wasn't that active on social media and didn't realize that it was the perfect outlet for me to connect with consumers, even my local ones. Because yeah, they come during the day and unless I'm hanging out at eight, nine o'clock at night and with four kids, I don't even do that that often anymore. I'm churning through the day. I barely have time to stop to eat. I don't eat lunch most of the days. So I don't do any of that during the day. But then then COVID happened and I was on online all, online all day. We're in the virtual lounge. We're making videos. We're talking to people, making new friends. And the beauty of it is, is even now, hey, I could be up at two in the morning and be connecting with people, you know, talking to people. We started a smoke, our own private Facebook group, Smoking Social, which... I mean, I, I I consider all those people dear friends. Some of them I haven't met. Some of them I meet them for the first time at Great Smokes, and it's great. In fact, there was a guy from our group, Law something, I can't remember his name. Um, really funny, though, because it shows you, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of cool, and then I kind of realize how not active he is in the group. But um, we went to the Renaissance Fair, the goat and I and our two boys today. And he's a knife collector. He goes to his tent, knife collector, and then he walks out and he goes, Hey, I'm talking to this guy. This guy's done video production for Perdomo and this guy and this guy. And we started talking. He's like, what's your, and he says, I think I've met you before. Cause he said, I looked familiar and he didn't, <laughs> he didn't recognize Alex and he didn't recognize me. And then, you know, I, we shook hands and, and he goes, and when, what's your name? I said, Abe he goes, Oh, from smoking. Yeah, we have met whatever. I'm law, whatever. I'm like, Bro, you're in our Facebook group. Well, I mean, he didn't recognize us. So I don't know how active he is in that. Because if you're in the smoking <laughs> social, you can't recognize me or Alex, you know. But we've made so many friends out of that group um, that it really has made what I do so much more fun. And I enjoy it. I think I was kind of getting a little bit dead inside before COVID. Um, because it just became a churn every day. And now we did videos. We made people eat you know, hot peppers contests and, you know, and <laughs> it's just a way to connect and share my everyday going on with a group of people and get to know them better. And some of them, we learn about them. So it, uh, it, I totally understand Sean's statement to that. And I just want to tell him 
you're just as much as appreciated as what you did what you did for us we've you feel you we did for you you did for us as well so getting that out of the way what was the original question i got side so actually we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break we're gonna do a fun segment and then we're gonna okay. give away that ticket or talk go. about how, how okay. that ticket can get away i do want to make one comment though about that you know pre-covid um if you, you again you probably don't remember this, so much has happened uh, since then but uh you were on you were a guest on my show basically on the eve of when covid started it was like oh, a week wow. before all the shutdowns and stuff and and I remember talking to you before the show and, and you were, you were on your phone, you were, you were, you were working, you were doing something, trying to figure out some of the stuff to do and, and, and like already like closures were already happening and things like that. And it look it's interesting to go back and see that, that history of, of like, oh my gosh, this was before the, the incredible virtual experience that y'all did. This was before last year's great smoke. This is so much has happened in three years. Um, and it, I mean, it really was a historical event to go back and if you look and you go back and you watch that show and you look back at the last years, three years in context, it's, it's unbelievable what that show was the precursor to. Cause like you even said, I said, well, like, what's like, we have, and I even asked live on the show, like, what's the plan? Like, I don't know, bear. I don't know what this is going to be three days. I don't know if it's going to be three weeks and it ended up being, you know, a year plus. And, and so, and in Florida opened up sooner than everybody else. And, but I mean, it, I mean, it was, it's, it's been years. It's been crazy. One of those things, cause I, I you know, I don't know what point, cause look, we, we just had the great smoke. I, we were the last live event before the world shut down. Right. And even at the great smoke, people were talking about it, but they were talking about like something you're reading about on another side of the world. Right. Yeah. Now, like no one even had a conception. This was going to slam us in our backyard. And, you know, then I, then I never, I'll never forget, man. I read somebody's post of a cigar shop some dude somewhere saying he's closing down his shop for a month or whatever and my first reaction is is this guy crazy what do you mean he's closing down your shop for what and then next thing you know everything starts shutting down and then i got friends telling me about people dying and then my uncle dies and and everything just got flipped up and even you go crazy i didn't want my staff to work literally i'll never forget and they're arguing with me Jeremy was working for us at the time and Jeremy's like refused to stay home, you know? And I'm like, dude, I, I don't want to be responsible for anybody getting sick. He goes, well, there ain't no customers. We're going to come in here. We're going to do our job and we're going to go home. So we're not going to be any more endangered than anything else. And um, I was cooking my mail. I was getting mail dropped off the house and put it in the oven at 250 for like 30 minutes. I mean, they had everybody nuts. And then uh, after a month of it, man, I just said, I, we, we closed our stores for a month kept everybody paid, kept everybody going. And everybody, I, I, you know, we have a group chat and we talked to everybody like, dude, we're ready to go back to work. And we opened up, no lounging, people just come and go. And we opened up and then got shut down and then opened up again. The bar hadn't opened up and the lounging, that didn't happen until October of that year. So mm-hmm. we did open up. But the problem when you're in that situation, Bear, is, is like, you could solve a problem or work around a problem or prepare for a problem or make a plan, but nobody knew what the hell was going on. Right. You can't make plans when you don't know. Am I going to be closed for, I mean, if I knew, Hey, you're going to be shut down for 90 days and then 90 days you can open up. All right. This is the plan. We're going to do this. We're going to pull back from here. You couldn't do that because nobody knew what was going on, but yeah, just fly by the seat of your pants, man. Yeah. But knock on wood and thank God, honestly, um, we just found a way to connect with people 
We found a way to continue to service people. We found a way to, I think, entertain people and make them feel connected in a bad time. And, um, you know, the company has flourished for that because I think it's, it's, it's a period in their time that people appreciated. And there were some connections made there that I think are going to transcend smoke in in my business, even beyond if I retire or get out of the business. I mean, there's a lot of relationships there. It's just, it's not ending and it's not just business related. And I think that's what, that's what came about from all of that for us. Do you, I want to put a pin in this question because I want to ask you about business in general in a second. So let's, let's put a pin in that. Let's go to our presidential trivia segment, which of course is always brought to you by United Cigars. Uh, featuring La Giana Havana, distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, the highly acclaimed Atabay, Byron, and now Alfonso lines from Selected Tobacco. Smoke one today and start living united so this is a new segment from the last time you were on um we're we're doing presidential trivia don't worry it's multiple choice but i thought this was actually pretty cool uh my favorite president um shares your name um i'm I'm an abe lincoln guy and uh i've i've always been a huge fan of his he's i'm a huge history nerd and so he's my favorite president of all time honest abe yep honest abe and it's uh it's actually pretty cool that this year's theme is mardi gras which of course is in celebration of fat tuesday which is the eve of the easter season right ash wednesday etc so um a lot of people um know that abe lincoln was actually shot on good friday but a lot of people don't know that the south's surrender at appomattox when lee surrendered to grant happened on a Easter holiday as well. And so I'm going to give you those choices. So which Easter holiday or which day in the Easter season did the surrender at Appomattox happen? Was it A, Ash Wednesday, B, Easter Sunday, or C, Palm Sunday? I'm just going to say Palm Sunday because that's the only one you didn't mention up until this point. (laughs) That's exactly right. It's Palm Sunday. Five, Five days later, he was shot. Um, unbelievable. Did not know that. Yeah, it was actually the Palm Sunday. It was the Sunday before he was shot on Good Friday. Yeah, Palm Sunday. The so the essentially the war ended and less. Yeah, I read you psychologically. I read you psychologically. There you go. Yeah, that was very well. That was the only one you didn't mention in all your talking. So I figured that's true. That's true. I should. I should. I should have prepped it a little bit better. But you telepathed it. You telepathed. Um, I gosh, it it's uh it's one of those things like that. The, the assassination of Lincoln is just like, it has like all these like fascinating things behind it. Like originally, like it was Booth's intention not to kill the president. They actually wanted to kidnap him. Oh yeah. Imagine how that would have gone. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it would have been worse. Like, I, I honestly don't know. Like if we actually saw the worst of it by him actually getting assassinated, which is awful. I mean, kidnapping, he's still technically alive, but like if that had been the successful plot, there have been so there's been so many uh, like things revealed in history. Like the Baltimore plot was like before he even took the oath of president, there was an assassination plot to kill him before he even got to Washington. They were going to kill him in Baltimore, not Booth, mind you, but another group. I like, feel like I'm on another show. Yeah, this is like become like the History Channel. I had no yeah, idea. Yeah, I, 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 I no, I, I, I really involved. I really di- I really dive deep into history. So and like the presidential segment has kind of given me this avenue to talk a little bit about presidential stuff. So I get I get excited about it. But I thought it was really I thought it was really ironic and kind of kind of kismet that we were talking about Mardi Gras 
and uh, you know all the stuff around you know the, you know your, your name's your namesake. Well, I lost a little bit of audio there, but you're back. Sorry. No, no, no it was on my end. I was I touched the button on accident. So if you asked me a question, I didn't hear it. No, 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 I didn't. We're okay, good. So, I just say I thought it was really I thought it's really cool and ironic that the, like, your namesake and this year's event and everything kind of had all these little kind of tie-ins together. So it was pretty cool. Cool. I so. can tell you it wasn't that deliberate, but I'm glad it works. <laughs> awesome. So that was our presidential trivia segment, which is always brought to you by United Cigars, uh, featuring La Giana Havana and distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed Atabe, Byron, and Alfonso lines from Selected Tobacco. Smoke one today and start living united um so i wanted to go back to this this business question because i thought that you were talking about covid and the effect of of business that it had and everything and this is something i wanted to ask you a while ago and i just never really had the context to but the we were talking earlier about how there's this mix of smokers that comes to the great smoke the people that have been smoking some of these older brands forever and these more boutique uh, loyalists and things like that I'm curious. So as a company, you, you probably, a lot of your business shifted actually online during the time of COVID was there. And I'm sure like prior to COVID and everything like that, I'm sure certain brands did better than others online. It's obvious um, necessarily, but did you see a shift in that when like everyone was forced to buy online for the most part and lounges were shutting down and everything? I'm sure like did did you see a, like an influx of things that were like wow that normally doesn't move for us online but here it is it's going like gangbusters absolutely but it's a little more complicated and i'll get in that but i don't want you to forget i'm going to tell everybody how they can win a great smoke ticket now and then i'm going to yes question. let's so, do that a couple things one um smoke in social we're teetering close to the five thousand member mark um you know it's a slow climb for us you know we don't accept the bots we actually look at everybody Make sure they answer all the questions and they're real people who come in the group. That's why the group ain't filled with a bunch of spam and stuff like that. So look, if you're already a member of Smoke and Social and you don't have a ticket, I have pinned this broadcast into the featured posts to watch this live broadcast. All right. Go in there and just put the comment, the bear is the best. That's all you got to do. All right? <laughs> put that in the comment, the bear is the best. Now, please. If you're watching this and not a member of Smoke and Social, all you got to do is look up Smoke and Social on Facebook, answer three simple questions, and once you're in the group, find that post. It's pinned at the top, so you don't have to scroll through a bunch of them. Find the post for the show, make the comment, the bear is the best. And for anybody who's in our group already and already has a ticket, please tag a friend you know. If you're going to tag a friend you know who's not in Smoke and Social and you're going to invite him, most people miss those invitations. So just send them a PM. I've invited you to this group. Check it out. I know you, you would love to be part of the Great Smoke. They're giving away a ticket. Give them the instructions. And if you know anybody who basically has been there and you've heard they can't afford it, you know, money's tight this year, tag them. Yeah. I, I'm just going to give one away. And it's live or virtual. If there's somebody local, you could use the tickets to come live. If you're in another part of the country, we're going to mail you the package the first week. And you can watch and have access to all the promotion and deals. So that's it. Get the word out. Help people out who might who could use an event like this in their lives. Whenever you know somebody, let's get a ticket out to somebody who really could use it and, and be grateful for it and appreciate it. Thank you. So go to Smoke In Social. Um, it's going to be tonight's broadcast is going to be 
uh, pinned to the top in the I'm comments. Gonna there. I'm going to leave it there all day Monday, all day Tuesday, and we will do, uh, we're going to download everybody's who made the comment and we're going to give it away Wednesday, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll do a live virtual broadcast. The GOAT will put it up on the big wheel and we'll give somebody a ticket and then reach out to them and see whether they want it virtual or live. All this courtesy of the Oso de uh, show. Awesome. I went in and typed it in there. So, yeah, we've already got a couple of people entering in. Uh, Bears the best. I'll take Bears that the compliment. That's all that you got to write. Bears the best. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So check it out. Smoking Social Group. Pin to the top for the next three days. And, uh, and then in the comment section, put bears the best and you could, uh, win a ticket for yourself or a friend virtual or live. Um, either one's great guys. I, if you can make the trip, I highly encourage it. I had a great time last year. It was, it was just fucking awesome. It was every, everything I wanted it to be in more and this year promises to be more than that. So that experience. So that's really, really great. Um, Awesome. Thank you, Abe, so much for uh, for being so generous with our audience tonight. That's 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 a real great giveaway. Thank you. Uh, always good things, man. Create good vibes in the world. I know somebody I listen, I know times are tight. It's a lot of people. I've already heard a lot of people say, oh, I wish I could do it this year or whatnot. So it, it, I got to believe if I've heard it, there's at least 20 or 30 out there have heard it from somebody. Tag them. Let them know here's a chance they can win a ticket. Hopefully, you know, someone who really needs it will win it. That's all we could do. Like I said, even if you already have yours, at least tag somebody you know who who either really needs it, you know, they want it, or you think would appreciate it, you know? And like I said, if you're going to invite them to the smoking social group to do all this, let them know you're inviting them because most people miss those invitations. And if they don't answer the three questions or whatever, we just, you got to accept the group rules. We got to know you know the rules before we let you in the group. That's how we keep the group as good and positive as it's been. We really work at keeping it that way. So, um. I was, I'd asked you the question about, about, uh, about business and everything. So did, did, I can go back and ask it again, or. I know it. I know it. So look, it's a complex question. So you got to remember during the pandemic, most retails, almost all retail stores got shut down. And the majority of those people hadn't practiced e-commerce prior to this. So there was a huge amount of people across the country who had never probably ordered cigars online that had to start doing it. So we were getting a lot of new first-time customers during the pandemic. Unfortunately, we were still only shipping out of our headquarters. We didn't have a warehouse yet. So there was stuff that began to sell that we knew didn't sell or hadn't really sold much online, probably in the store. Because you remember, prior to us getting a warehouse, we were shipping everything basically out of our humidors and our retail stores. You know, I remember because I remember calling you personally and asking you about a score yeah. once and you went and checked it out. So, um, and then the nice thing about the social group is I got seeing what a lot of our patrons were smoking. A lot of times I know some people that, you know, they're great customer of ours or hardcore customer of ours. And I see multiple times they're posting a cigar I don't sell. Well, I'm not doing these people a service then, right? Because there's a good amount of our fans that are enjoying other cigar that they're having to go buy somewhere else because we don't carry it so that woke us up a little bit and when we had room in the warehouse we bought in a lot of new lines that we had never carried up until that point so um yeah i mean whenever you're dealing with a bigger audience the uh 
the burden of trying to service them always becomes exponentially harder. And there's the issue of room and how much space do you have. So, you know, as we grow, we continually are seeing stuff sell that didn't used to not sell that much online. So, and um, we hope to continue to attract more of that kind of stuff because that just means our reach is getting better. In fact, I was thinking the other day, I was going to make a post in our social Facebook group, you know, a poll or something. I never got around to it, but I'll do it this week asking what lines people would like to see us carry and seeing how many votes. Because look, you can't bring in a line for one or two people. You, you would need a warehouse the size of a city, you know, but if, if there's enough calling for something that, that mo you know, a nice amount of our fans and patrons desire it, we'll bring it in. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a retailer. That's my living is to serve and provide stuff that people want. So that's how we run our business. I have I have a suggestion for you offline, Abe. I will give it to you. So I think that's a great poll. I really like that you do that. You you know, you kind of did the you did something similar to when you guys you guys did the Battle of the Bands a few years ago with some of the, the cigar media outlets and everything. Um, I know there were a couple of suggestions from those guys of, of stuff that you didn't have at the time in stock. Not necessarily well, that was like the worst time we could have done it because that was like during the pandemic. So like right. everybody was out of stuff. I mean, it was, right. <laughs> it was way harder. That was great in concept, but way harder in execution because we would get this list from you guys. It was a great list. And some of the stuff, sometimes we carried everything on there, but it just wasn't available. I'm calling manufacturers. Do you have this in stock? You know, you know, and the hardest thing about putting that together was going back and forth with you guys to find, find five cigars you guys wanted in your samplers that manufacturers actually had available at the time. That was the hardest thing of that. I bet, man. I bet that was the crazy, crazy time with cigar. And in a lot of ways, the in a lot of ways the demand still is barely catching up now, just you know, three years later, which is crazy. It's just un, unreal. Um, I'm lighting up my I'm like lighting up my second cigar from the pack. This is from Syndicato. This is the Syndicato Artista. Uh, made at the Artista Cigar Factory in the Dominican. So yeah, this is, uh, I smoked this cigar for the first time at the Great Smoke last year, so I thought it was a nice one to grab out of the bag, and I really enjoy the cigar, and I'm glad that they brought it back to give away to, uh, give away to, um, it was, it was brand, the Great Smoke. It was brand new last year. Yeah, it was brand new. Brand, brand new. new. They're still trying to work that brand, get it out there. I, I, I think it's a great cigar. I like that cigar, and Ram does some good work, and this year, I think there are three new cigars that are being released at the Great Smoke. Not exclusively, it's just that's going to be their debut, their national brand. Um, McAuliffe has one. The Landa, yeah. Island Jim has one. The the Island Jim Connecticut and Gurkha Connect Ghost Connecticut are all being released or debuted, I should say, at the Great Smoke uh, next month. And I mean, how about this for last year? I mean, you guys, I mean, we're pretty much the launch for Knuckle Sandwich, which of course took the cigar world by storm last year. Knuckle and Sandwich and Serbius. Yeah, from Agonorsa Leaf. That's right. Yeah, that was, was two here, huge ones. Look, you know, you got a great event if manufacturers are looking to launch something at your event. I mean, it's right, but that's kind of what's been happening. Um, in fact, you know, one of the things that probably will shock you one of the most clicked on, sought at things on our website, believe it or not, is the Woody. <laughs> I yeah, believe like it. cigars. I mean, it's absurd. I don't know, 22 inch cigar. Yeah. Engage. I mean, it's a monstrosity. Shipping them is a pain, right? Oh, God, I can't even um, imagine shipping it. 
Yeah, yeah, but it's but we can't keep them in stock. We order them like 50, 100 at a time, and they always sell out. And um, we actually have a limited edition Mardi Gras painted coffin Woody that will be released at the Great Smoke this year. I think <laughs> I think you're going to see an enormous and abnormal amount of, amount of people walking around with a 22-inch cigar at the I Great Smoke. It. If anyone could do some really cool box design work around Mardi Gras, it would be Oscar, man. There's, man, he's, he's got a, he's got a great, he's got a great design team too. Well, our team, cool our team, our team designed the art. He just produced it. Oh, he just produced it. Oh nice. yeah. It's all, oh, it's all falls cool. into the theme of the great smoke. What you see for the great smoke. It's a, oh, that's it's great. a yellow painted box with the logo and the highlights and, you know, bees and masks. And uh, it, it's going to be a nice little collector's piece. So there's looks like there's 32 cigars that people get a hold of when they attend. Um, plus, the, plus the bonus from Jewish State. Plus 30, the bonus. 33. So 33 cigars. Uh, and you got, again, a, this really nice mix of cigars, of brands from, you know, Old Legacy to Big Box to small boutique brands. This is a really great selection. You get everything from, we've mentioned a couple already, but Illusione, Crowned Heads, Cavalier, Geneva, El Septimo, which has, you know, been a, a new name that people have heard in the last couple of years. I had a quick, what, I'm glad that they're doing your event. I think that'll put their name a lot, their name out there a lot more than it kind of has been. Um, I mean, we know it because we're in cigar media and everything, but um from a retail point, you know, whenever you take on a new brand, Abe, I know you do your really due diligence and you dive into a lot of stuff with people before you make a commitment to somebody. What what was that process like with a new brand like El Septimo? Again, higher price point on their average cigars. I know that doesn't scare, you know, a, a retailer like you, like it does, you know, your normal mom and pop guys. But I mean, what was uh, what was that vetting process like and what ultimately, you know, was like, yeah, we're going to do this with these guys. We're going to partner up with them. So it's it's really a, a harder process than what people think because all the time I'll get somebody who's oh you, you got to look at my friend's company where it's just it's I'm sure a process <laughs> at our point. So the so I've had a long term relationship with Chip Goldine. All right, he was with Ashton, Vice President Ashton, many many years, and um, I've had over twenty year business relationship with him. So it wasn't last year, but the year before when they premiered. You know, he walked up to me and he saw me, he told me about the brand. And honestly, I, I told him, outright. I looked at it and I said, look, I, you know, no skin off my back. But if I'm looking at the price point of these cigars, I mean, the, the packaging is just not there. I mean, forget about the cigars. I, I don't even need to smoke one. But if you're going to demand this kind of dollar value, you got to have your label straight. And you look... It, I think they suffered from we're a brand new company, right? They all the little nicks and knacks. And, you know, I just didn't have the confidence or faith that they've gone through the hurdles that most new companies need to go through. Right. Cause it's a commitment to, for us too. We don't, I don't bring something on just to throw it on a shelf and on a whim and take up valuable space. So I just didn't think they were ready there. And then we saw them again last year, trade show and ship sat down talk to me Packaging was a little bit better. Bands were straight. Smoked a couple of cigars. And my wife, and I still have to get her a box. I, I don't want to talk too loud because I keep forgetting. But <laughs> one line, my wife, I've always said, that has an immaculate palate. Almost, you know, before we started having kids, she went to the trade show with me every year. And every time there was a new release, and she would say, I love this cigar. It was a big hit. And I can name a couple of them off the top of my head over the years 
that when they came out, Oliva V um, was one of them. The Phantom Singulare was one of them. I mean, she said, this was amazing. And of course, that was a big hit that year. So she had a good pack. She loved this Lancera. She says, this was great. And um, the other flip side to it is, okay, we bring your brand in. What are you committed to do? I'm, I'm willing to bring it in and get in people's hands and see if they like it or not. Because ultimately, that that's what says whether something is going to survive or thrive or fail in, in our, our store is will consumers want to smoke it or add it into at least somewhere in their rotation. And um, I talked to a couple of competitors of mine, you know, Jeff from Corona, uh, uh, Vartan out in uh, Arizona, two completely different parts of the country. And they both were doing very well with the line. And so part of the thing is, look, are you committed to, getting it out to our base you know will you do a cigar of the month club because that puts in a couple thousand people's hand right away you'll know whether not long after that where there's a percentage of people that will like this because it's not for me to sell you a cigar to make you like something you don't like mm. right i'm not gonna sit here and tell you this is amazing i mean i'll tell you if i personally like it this is up my alley you know sometimes i'm so confident of my my opinion i'll tell somebody if you don't like it i'll buy it back you know, because I really like it, but you know, it's not my thing to try to convince you whether you like a cigar or not. That's going to happen organically. So, putting it out in Cigar of the Month Club was, you know, they committed to a couple slots in there for their brands. They committed to wanting to be involved in the Great Smoke. So that showed me, look, they're willing to work with us to put it out there. Now, twelve months from now, we'll see if we still carry the line, and that nothing is going to dictate that other than the consumer. Consumer ultimately dictates that. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll do our job. They've done their job, and the rest of it's up to you guys. I think, uh, I think that's a very, very good point. Like again, you know, if even if we're talking about just on a local level, you have a much wider, you know, breadth of audience and everything with your with your with your you know your actual locations and then also your online presence too but like that's the thing you can put the cigar in a person's hand once maybe even twice but it's whether or not they come back to it whether or not they return to it which ultimately determines it doesn't get in their regular rotation it's dead in the water mm. that's what it doesn't have to be their everyday smoke i mean let's face it we all have kind of rotation there are cigars we smoke like one out of almost every other one 30 percent, 20 percent. but we all have a rotation you know and i just don't you know, I like to put packages out there, put deals out there, put specials out there. And I just know as a retailer, there are people who will like this and there are people who will pass on this and there are people who will like this and pass on this and people who will like this and pass on this. But I just feel like I'm a used car salesman when I get to the point where I'm starting to tell people what they should like and what they, and that's what that comes across for me. So I, I try to veer away from that and just let things happen organically because that's, I think, when you get the best results. Definitely. Um, again, just some other some other cigars that I really think are really excited. Um, the, you know, the the um, I just I just had it and then I just lost it. Uh, another new another new brand. This is a new not a new name, but a new brand to the industry. Oz Jenner Family Cigars. Uh, the Bosphorus is going to be available. Uh, the big one too. This is the B fifty four, so it's a it's the larger cigar that's in the pack. Um, I know you've known that family for years. Um, hey, what was it? Back to his so, dad. His dad was a great man, you know, and 
um, crown heads was getting involved this year for the first time. So how do you not offer someone like Tim Ozinger a chance to come out and get his brand out there? So yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, look, if I had the same 35 or 40 brands every year at the great smoke, it kind of get boring just on that level. Mm-hmm. Part of it is to hopefully experience something new, try something new. The one thing we focus on is we always try to make an incredible value, right? We want you to say, Hey, look, this package if I got nothing else, was worth my price to admission. And that's our goal. Because we feel we could just totally make this value so incredible in a cigar package. God forbid we fail in every other way. At least they walked away with a killer deal. Right? So, um, yeah, we want to bring in... My goal is at least every year to bring in two new companies. You know? Uh, now it may not be always two new companies to us, but at least two new companies to the Great Smoke, right? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people waiting, and some people are going to be mad because their turn might be up not to be in it this year. But it's what's best for the event long term, and it's what's best for the consumers long term. So I think most of the manufacturers are going to understand. The ones that don't, don't. So let's just say like a company that was like there last year and then not there this year, or something like that, or like. Have you ever had a situation where a manufacturer is like, hey, I'm, I'm not going to be able to get a booth or, or I didn't make the cut or whatever it is, but I want to support your event. Are, are there other ways that companies could get involved or have you entertained that? Or you're like, no, I really want people who are there. To- it, it, there's no really need to. I mean, why take away from the 30 or whatever companies that are actually dedicating their time and efforts for this event? You know, I mean, how else do you work somebody in? I'm going to come and do a store event with a guy who's not using his resources and whatever to support the great smoke, you just wait your turn. You know, I have had guys who came to me, especially this year and asked why they weren't invited. And I sat and I didn't answer anybody via text or phone call. I sat with them face to face. I said, look, here's the situation with what it is. And these companies are hungry. And you kind of sent one guy who really didn't do anything last year or whatever. And look, I mean, we could revisit this, but I'm going to mix the mix, you know? So I, saying you listen there's companies i literally told don't do the event and then when i explained to them why they're like you're right it just it just doesn't pay for you to be involved in this event you know one of the reasons why i think the people manufacturers love enjoying this event is because they see the value in it it's not a complete waste of their effort and resources and time and there are some companies that i don't know if they got locked into a mode where they felt they had to do it every year or and whatnot but they weren't that involved they barely showed up. They barely did anything. And, you know, I don't think that's good for the event. I think if your principal can't come to this event, then you don't need to be in this event, or at least the face of your company. We got people coming in from Israel and Alaska. You don't think it warrants being able to see the principal of a company? And most of these guys yeah. are here in Florida and Miami, even the boot. They can't come up for an afternoon. I mean, you think the pausers in Alaska, the cigar guys are going up to Juneau to do cigar events for them? No, man. There's their one opportunity a year. They're going to get to meet the people they love, their, you know, who are making their cigars they love. So I think I owe it to the consumers for that. And I, I love that uh, you also have the Meet the Industry page on the greatsmoke.com. You guys can check out who's actually going to be there. And like, like you said, this is the who's who of the industry. And people you may not know, maybe you smoke their cigars. And like you said, this is your opportunity to meet them. But I mean, you know, John Huber is going to be there. Matt Booth. John, Huber's not. I got, John Huber is not. 
Oh, he's not? Okay, I'm sorry. I got updated. I just heard uh, this last... I forgot that you just reminded me. In fact, I'm going to make a note right now so I don't forget. I needed to update that page. Um, something happened. He was on Migit, but Mike Condor was definitely being there. Okay, well, good. And t- Tim's coming then, too, as well. Tim is, Tim is confirmed, yes. Okay, wonderful. And then, and then... Everybody who's on that page confirmed with us at one point or another. So whether, then, whether they show up or not is out of our hands, but unless something really happens, they always show up. And then Jonathan Drew is actually doing the event on Thursday, so he'll be there, correct? He will not be at the main event. But he'll be there for his Thursday event. Yes, he has something on Saturday, but he'll be there Thursday, throw off the kickoff party. And at the main event, you got a triple threat. You're going to have Juan Martinez, Willie Herrera, and Pedro uh, are all going to be at the event on Saturday. Just huge. And uh, uh, the big three from Rocky as well. Rocky will be there. Uh, Nish and, uh, and Nimish as well. Yes. So, I mean, Rafael Nodal. I mean, I'm did the Pete Johnson. I mean, the list goes on. This is a really cool check Rafael, it out. Rafael is one of the companies that made it exclusive. So he actually will have stage time with Michael Herklox and be interviewed on stage. And that release gets announced on March 1st. So here in about we a drop it on weeks. March 1st. Yes. Yeah. Any anything you can preview about that? Not or just that Raphael makes it, I guess. <laughs> it's making so, it for the no, I kind of explain people this. These projects, these great smoke projects, don't follow the process of what we do for our micro blends. So our micro blends from really an agreement to make one to when it hits the streets, typically about a year and a half. And a lot of that process is they make us blends, they send us blends, we smoke them. I think a couple of weeks ago, I was showing like four different packages of stuff that we're trying that will probably get released either very late this year or early next year. And um, yeah, most likely next year. So it's it's a back and forth process. And unfortunately, with the Great Smoke, we don't have those kind of time frames. And our projects, where we don't mind going back and forth, even if we got to do it four or five times, we don't have a hard deadline. You know, we keep working on it. When the product's delivered to our warehouse, we set a launch date for it. Simple. Here we have hard deadlines to meet. So we tell the manufacturers, we ask them, would you like to make something special for the Great Smoke? And we let them do whatever they do. So when we get the boxes, I'm smoking them for the first time like a consumer. I have no idea. I have no idea most of them what they're making. I didn't see the packaging for what they were making. And it shows up and, you know, thank God. Uh, we I don't think we've had a dud yet. They've all been very, very well received. Obviously, some more favorite than others, but I've seen positive comments in the majority uh, uh, from every launch we've had so far. So, knock on wood. And I'm excited. Sean just said roughly, I'm very excited because Altus is a company I wouldn't have asked. You know, they don't really like small projects. Like, you know, 300 boxes is nothing, right? They don't really like small projects like this. But Raphael had, we had this connoisseur club that we did for two years and ended in December where they were only making 600 cigars, forget 3,000 sticks for 300 boxes. They were just making 600 cigars for a a special blind tasting group. And Raphael was so passionate and so into it. And you got to remember, the the few hundred people that were in the group that were smoking cigars didn't know who made it. And all his cigars rated so high amongst the group. That's awesome. Yeah, that's what really motivated me to actually reach out to him and say would you like to make something for tgs because he had such a good response that, that first year and um we were very excited that he was willing to do it that's great yeah i i was i was particularly excited about that um 
I'm excited about smoking the crew from uh, from the the Reuben boys. I enjoyed um, that one. That looked good, and of course, I love everything that the Godfather makes. So Ernesto, it's the it's gonna be exciting to cigar smoke as well. So that's that's good. That's good things. The, now, it, do you put a cap on the number of limiteds? Like, there's there's well, can there's I count? Been, there's so been, Ro- Robert Holt, the evening stock. Don't want to miss that one. So there's that Brad Alec Bradley. Uh, Steve's doing another one. Ernesto, and then Raphael. So that's five this year. Do yeah, you put so a cap on it? The, yes. The first year, the first year we did six. And that was the first year we did it with digital experience because the only reason why that came about is I knew nobody was going to understand what I was doing with the digital experience that they couldn't even conceive of what it was going to look like. So I wanted to do something I thought people would get excited about and it overwhelmingly did. All those six releases sold out in 10 minutes, crashed our website. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it was brutal. So then we decided to follow, continue it with the virtual and live. So there was a lot of complications on how to handle virtual and live. And we kind of found the answer to all of them. And the very last one that really took us a while to really figure out is, how am I going to do these special releases virtual and live, right? Because I got people buying them live there. And I have inventory set aside, maybe for virtual. But what if that sells out completely? I'm still sitting on 50 bucks. You know, the live and the virtual isn't connected. We're in a remote place. So... We wanted to give virtual people an equal chance at getting them to live and not be shorted or punished because they weren't coming down live. So that's when actually Alex had come up with a great idea of, hey, why don't we do these virtual drops leading before the great smoke, right? That would give everybody the equal chance that all they'd have to do is be a ticket holder and they would give them an equal chance where they were coming live virtual. That was brilliant. That's how we solved that problem. So we cut it back from six to five to be able to squeeze them all in before the great smoke. And we've kind of decided this year that we think five is still too much to squeeze in because it's literally putting us like one every two weeks from when we start selling tickets. And um, we're going to, and I think this is going to be the final number, but I think three is going to be the number. We've already locked three people in for 2024. I don't think I'm going to ask any more people. And the other reasoning behind that is if I keep doing five a year, I'm going to run out of people like in a couple of years. Right. And it's just going to be a, a repeat very quick. So I think three helps keeps it more alive, keep getting new guys in rotation, not seeing the same people for a long time. So I think three is going to be the magic number moving forward. And that'll give us really enough time between when we start selling tickets prior to the event date where we just doesn't feel like we're loading one up every two weeks. Awesome. Yeah, I think, I think, like you said, it, it keeps, fr- it keeps things fresh. And then it also, but it also really continues to make a special five is special. I mean, like, I don't want to make it sound, but like, if you limit it even more, it make it makes it much more of a, you know, much more well, of a. The, the, the problem is you get, you get psychologically skewed. You know, all we can do is react to what we see. That first year we had six and nothing lasted more than 10 minutes. We're like, this is insanity. You know, it really is crazy. And then last year we did five and they all did pretty well. And then this year we did five, but it, it really is hard on us literally every two weeks to be doing a virtual event, dropping it. I think it's really too much of the consumers. So our pivot, our pivot here at this point is to say, look, we think three is the magic number. We'll try three next year and we'll see how it goes. But I think that's going to, I think it's going to work best for everybody. It's going to be pretty, it's going to be awesome. I think, um, 
I had a, so I had another segment to go into, and, and this one's got a little bit of a spin. So normally this, we talk about moments alone, but I want to kind of talk about a moment that you have at the end of each great smoke. And it's tied into our asylum moment. So our next cigar is brought to, our next segment is brought to you by Asylum Cigars. Refuge is more than just a physical place. It can be a state of mind. Some of life's greatest reflections can be found in your own personal assignment. Moments like these were made for asylum cigars. Light up an asylum and choose your refuge. Now, Abe, normally this segment is 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 choosing that time that you're alone by yourself in the cigar and everything like that. And um and we can we can maybe broach that subject in another time and day, but I wanted to use this opportunity to talk about the um, the calm before the storm starts over again. You get with your team every Monday after the Great Smoke, and you kind of start a lot of the process over again. Even though you've planned a lot of the stuff for 2024 already, a lot of the stuff kind of goes into, and you have this survey with your team. It's like, what do we do great? What can we improve on? What's new and what's next? Inside those moments, like what what's your favorite part about taking that pause? That's again right on the heels of all the insanity that just happened. I'm sorry, what the pause went? Like, like the sorry, I phrased it wrong. Like, what's your favorite part of taking that taking that moment, you know, with your team, and just like, hey, like appreciating what just happened, but at the same time okay, how can we, how can we move forward from here? Well, I think so. Like after I make the announcement on stage, you know, see you all next year and I ask everybody to have a great time. I think that's when the final like catharsis of the whole experience finishes. I, I think I, the next day at brunch, I get to really kind of, for me, experience the great smoke sitting with people, they talk to me about their weekend. They talk to me about what amazing time they have. Sometimes I get constructive criticism, which we always take into account. Um, and that's why it's important for us to do this on a Monday. A lot of things we've got to do Monday morning, but you got to do it while it's all still fresh in your head. And then we learned a lesson this year for, for when this event's over this year is we have to take better notes because it's, it's all done in a, in a task management software. But there was a couple points, like we read the point and we're like, does anybody remember what this means? And we're all looking at each other. <laughs> yeah, remember what it meant. So we have to be a little more detailed because we have to realize that, you know, nine months from now, it may not be as clear what that sentence is. So, um, but no, I think, I think everybody, I think honestly, everybody in my team, no one ever dreads that meeting because I think everybody who's involved in this event always wants it to be as good as it can be. So there's a good feeling to know that, hey, we saw something this year that we can make better for next year. And that's kind of a warm, fuzzy feeling, honestly, if you do these kind of events to be able to not only see something that didn't work out good. So sometimes it didn't work. It didn't work out bad either, but you thought of something or you saw something that says, you know what, this would work a lot better if we just changed that around. And then to put it down on paper and then know confidently that, Hey, that problem is solved next year is a, I think is, is a very, relieved moment i mean for lack of a better word it's just like it's off your chest it's done you know and it's good and you know that next year you know like we said we had 104 or 105 points from last year man that's a lot mm -hmm. 
but you already know going in that next year is going to be better. It's so cool when you get that feeling right off the bat. Next year, it's going to be better because we look, there's 105 things that we're going to change. How can it not already be better next year? Pick one off that list that comes top of mind. Something that was mentioned in that meeting last year that we're going to experience this year. Swag. So typically, typically during the, 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 the event, when you come to take advantage of one of our many promotions, we have a catalog book with all the deals that, that book will ship out with the virtual packages and it'll be up online digitally for all the live attendees. And then there'll be books all over the day. So you don't have to. So that, that was one of them one year, right? Making a catalog book because people were getting up to the pit, not knowing the deals in advance. And they wasted all this transactional time making lines longer for everybody because they weren't sure what they wanted or they weren't sure what something costed. So last year was the first time we would actually make a great smoke catalog. People could look at it for weeks before the event, know which promotions they want, know what their budget is, know exactly what the price is going to be. And now that you can just walk up and say, I'll take one of those, one of those, one of those, and smoother transaction. So that was one from the year before. Now that we have this book, so the process is most of these manufacturers got some pretty cool swag that comes with a box burger. So not only do you save big on the price, there's some cool swag on top. So you would have to come to the, the, the selling area, which is right in the middle of all the manufacturers. So it's all kind of together. But when you made the purchase, you got a slip. Then you had to take slip back to the booth and then get your swag from there, which kind of disrupts the line process, makes the guy who's still handing out cigars got to stop and deal with you and whatever. So this is the first year where all the swag, because look, honestly, I don't want 40 companies swag in my pit and having to be responsible for 40 companies swag and whatever, but we think this might be a better flow. So now when you come and you make your box purchase, we're going to have the swag organized so that our clerk will know all the deals and he'll give you whatever corresponding swag right away. So you don't have to go back and do anything. So that's one of the points we changed this year. So it's either going to work out really, really good, or it's going to be a catastrophe. You'll know next year. <laughs> if we change back to the old format next year, you know it didn't work out well this year. But if we're doing it next year, that means it worked out well and everybody loved it. I, I didn't mind it, but I can see how that kind of can dis disrupts the the flow, like you said. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember that because I, I bought a couple of boxes last year, and you know, and then I went back to the to the uh, to the tables and everything. So. Um, I, I guess, yeah, in retrospect, I guess it was a little bouncy, but um, but yeah, I, I can see how like it like said, mostly, most of these things are things that most consumers don't even realize, right? Or don't, or don't consciously think about. But when you hear it, you're like, yeah, I guess so. So, but we notice those things, you know. One of the things is we have we've had a water soda wine section forever, and a lot of people didn't know where water was. Well, albeit it was a new building, so that could have been part of the problem, whatever, but. Water shouldn't be something that people got to get in line for, for or wonder where it is. So um, we we upped the sponsorship a little bit and uh, stat business, they, they service companies with copiers and and scanning equipment and whatever for, you know, leasing and stuff like that. We've used them for years or a sponsor. They sponsored the water again this year and we upped it on them, but they loved the idea. Um, we're just going to have, we have these big TGS branded water coolers that are going to be spread out throughout the area filled with cold water. People just walk up, grab a bottle and go. They don't got to nice. wait. You know, now we have to get now one or two guys that their only job all day is to go around, make sure there's water in those barrels. Right. But we think that's going to make for an overall better experience, something stupid, something small, but that's, we, we can get it to that detail.
again, in retrospect, that's something I, I had the same water bottle for like like the whole event. So <laughs> that makes sense. If you were that's walking great. by a tub full of water, you'd say, oh, let me grab one. Then let me grab one. Exactly. Now, um, we ordered more water because, I mean, look, you got to think of what could happen here. We're, so he, so here's the thing. It very, it's, it's, we don't know. We'll find out after this year. But, you know, people don't realize all the thought, right? So we normally get the smaller water bottles because there's a lot of waste. At the end of every great smoke, there's probably 40, 50% of them that are half full. Okay. So we ended up getting the bigger water bottles, believe it or not, because it was less expensive. So we got the bigger water bottles. So does that mean you'll need less water bottles because one's going to last you? Or will you drink half, throw the water bottle down somewhere, forget about it when you get thirsty again, get another water bottle and drink only half of it? I don't know, right? And now because you don't have to go and stand in line or find it, it's really, well, a lot more people be grabbing water. I don't know. So we don't know if our number of bottled water bottles is going to be right or wrong this year, but we'll find out at the end of this year. And it'll be one of the things that we'll be talking about the Monday morning after the Great Smoke. The key is you'll be able to find it is the most important thing. So are there going to be beignets? This is something I had noted down. Are, are, there, are we going to have some New Orleans-style food? Food like so, that last year, by the way, was excellent. Awesome. Chef Richard uh, Culinary Flair has catered the Great Smoke now for 17 years. He has a menu already set up. It's very it's very New Orleans Cajun themed. Um, but we do have a vignette bender. So there will be someone there making fresh beignets, selling them to the public if they want. Oh, there we go. Boom. So nice. We'll see what happens. Awesome. Terrific. Um I'm really I'm really bags myself. Those things are dangerous. <laughs> Those things coming are out hot, coming out hot. I have a dangerous. Unbelievable. Wait, there were a couple other things non uh, TGS related that I wanted to cover with you. Uh, but before that, is there anything else about the Great Smoke? And we'll we'll talk about how you can win a ticket here again here in just a second. But anything else that you wanted to mention about this year that maybe I haven't asked or haven't covered yet? I think we covered it all, man. If there's any questions, go to the great smoke, the great smoke.com. It's all laid out there. There's also a fact page, which kind of answers almost any question you could possibly have, but it's all out there. I mean, we hope, we hope you enjoy the package. I mean, it comes in. I have one sitting next to me. It comes in. Did I just click on something here? No, here's the website. I'm showing oh, yeah. There you go. You muted yourself, Abe. I know I had to shout at something at one of my kids. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, but this is the this is the website. Great, uh, great. I don't normally brag about this, but the great FAQ section here, the limited releases you can learn more about your sponsors, no. meet the industry. Good stuff. Those are those are the limited releases there. The people who made them. Now you can see at the top right corner it says enter store. So if you're right there, now that's not, if you click on it, it's going to make sure you have a ticket. Actually, click on it. I'm curious if it will recognize you. See, once again, we're fact-finding. There it is. It recognizes, oh, you're not logged in. So if you sign in, if you click on sign in, and, and you enter your username and password, smoking.com, you go right in the store. This store is only for ticket holders. So it has the limited releases in there. And all the special deals and promotions 
that will be available to the live attendees are also available to the virtual ticket holders. Look, there it is. Welcome, Bear. There we go. There the it top. is. And, there you, and you can see, you can see all the, uh, so right now, all we have are the limited releases. The soccer one sold out. We still have the other ones still available. Some still left. Um, and the one coming up March 1st with Rafael Nodal. So, and then the day of the event, below that, you'll see clicks for all the manufacturers and see what their deals are. The rest of the stuff will be in there one day only during the event for the Great Smoke stuff. And then Perfect. your virtual stuff comes in a pretty cool bag like this. All, everything. Oh, there. I forget. I forgot to show the tag. Uh, yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, we should. So, I mean, listen, like I said, this alone worth probably the best cigar deal you'll get all year long. You know, you want to come around, you want to come along for the ride and enjoy your Cervente, please feel free to do so. But if you're a cigar connoisseur, whether you whether you've been in the game or if you're new, this is great for you because it gives you a great assortment. Uh, that's what I was gonna say. Like for it doesn't matter if you're a veteran, you know, to the industry as a consumer or if you're just getting started in the love of cigars, it's a great event to attend. It really is. Um, I'm super excited about going again this year. Abe, thank you so much for um for sharing all about the great smoke and just the history oh. of it and what you guys have in store for everybody so go okay so go to the smoke in social page if you're interested in winning a free ticket it can be virtual or live i'm encouraging you guys i know it's i know it's a lot of money if you're if you don't live in the state of florida to travel but it's totally worth it you got to make the opportunity today to but if you can't virtual as well it's a great deal like abe said um and especially since we're giving it away, it's an even better deal. You get all this great stuff, uh, 30, 32 cigars on top of all this great swag that we've showed off tonight. Go to the Smoking Social page. It's pinned to the top. This show, go in the comment section, say Bear's the best. That was Abe's suggestion, not mine. Bear's the best. And you could win a free ticket uh, to uh, the Great Smoke, either live or uh, virtual, whatever your choice is. You can't I could have made Bear's better than Coop, but I didn't want to go that far. <laughs> And, and yes to Gary Brooks, Raj wouldn't miss a great smoke. I'm telling you, I, I don't know what would, I know I had a cousin's wedding once he was worried about, but he was still going to come. So I don't know what event will keep Raj from the great smoke, but hopefully we'll never find out. And he'll keep coming every year. Good stuff. So it, it's, speaking of uh, far travels and everything, this is something I, I had to talk to you a little bit about this before we end the show tonight. Um, I had so much fun last year, last summer following your family's vacation trip of a lifetime i called it uh that you went to uh, you went to jordan and a few other places actually with your family what what an incredible experience i loved i loved watching you talked about being more engaged on social media since covid and everything i loved that journey for you i man that I, what an exciting trip you guys went on holy cow so i'll tell you how I look at my Facebook page because I used to be one of these guys that got caught up in arguing and debating with people and, and whatever. And I just, I just started to realize or feel what an awful place social media was becoming. Right. And I'm getting in fights with people I don't even know. And when you sit back and you look at the reality of stuff, you're not changing anybody's mind. You're pointlessly debating. <clears throat> you think you're going to prove your point, you know, so why even get frustrated or aggravated by this kind of stuff? I think I tried to start a trend, hashtag post positive, to start positive posting. But I've always kind of looked at Facebook for me and social media 
Because one of the reasons why I really got it, it was a great way for my family overseas to get to know my family, right? We're on two different sides of the globe. But I look at it as the best time capsule, as long as Facebook's still around, to document my life. It's like a biography, right? Facebook will give my children the ability to go back and see how they grew up, what I was thinking at the times when they were growing up. It'll let their kids know their grandparents if they didn't get to know me all that well or I'm not here on this earth anymore. And used wisely, it's a wonderful time capsule tool. So I try to just share moments that I feel like will be good moments for um, my family to historically look back upon. And then the social page has become part of my family. So I'll share my personal moments on, on the social page. And... I was very taken aback because this was a monumental trip for us. I had been I hadn't been home and seen my family in over 20 years. My kids have never met that side of the family. First time going to, you know, this part of the world. And it's, you know, funny, you know, they're, they're American, they're part African American, and they're part Middle Eastern. And the other two parts of them they relate to on a daily basis. I don't think they ever really felt Middle Eastern. You know, right? and, and, Interesting. And, and as part of their essence. And after that trip, I definitely feel now they're connected to that part of their heritage. So it was a great trip for us. So I was kind of documenting it to kind of timeline it, to share it. But people were getting so enthralled by it. I found myself doing, doing it for them now. They were like living vicariously through that trip. And um it, it was a trip of a lifetime. It was like 10 years in the making for us. And uh, it was tiring and paid the price for a long time coming back and trying to catch up and work and stuff. But uh, it was definitely worth it. And my oldest would love to go back again. And they still use Arabic words around the house they picked up from, from going on that trip. <laughs> nice. So they, they got to see a world-famous desert. They got to see, you know hundreds and hundreds of year old ruins they got to see the pyramids i mean it was it was a great trip for them man it was a great trip for us and a great trip yeah. for them I, yeah. you know abe you're you're one of the busiest people i know um you know you run a successful chain of cigar stores you so much more than that um you have this you know great running show the kma talk radio you we've talked the entire evening about how you the years of planning that goes into the great smoke and everything. And it, it's still, like you said, post-positive. It's really great. Cause I, I really look to you. I, I really admire you for a lot of reasons, Abe, and this is one of them. And this is something that I've really taken. So your, your messages actually work because I look, you know, I'll, I'll see you on Facebook and I'll see the lunches that you make for your kids every day. And, you know, I said, you know, whenever I tell my sons, you know, I'm, I'm busy. I'm doing something. I've caught myself a few times and I literally think of you. I'm like, if this man is this busy all the time and he's doing so much, but he can take a few moments to make not just a meal for his kids. Like, I mean, these are school lunches on another level. Like, let's just go ahead and say it. I, I got the process pre-tweaked. I, I ain't going to lie. I really don't spend more than 30 minutes. I got to kind of tweak the, the, what products I need, what I can cut up fast. They look great. They taste great. They're healthy. But I don't want people to think I'm slaving two hours making it. It's like a 30, 20, 30-minute 30 process. I got them all four packed. They're done. They're good to go. Well, it's still great. 
and I, I, and, and so for what, forever, whatever it's worth, you're, you're, in, you're inspiring other parents, at least Thank one you. other parent. Yeah, you, I really appreciate it. Thank you, man. And look, I mean, I hope when they grow up, they're appreciative of it. Listen, the older one, I was definitely appreciative. She texts me um, from school. It was amazing. Thank you so much. Oh, my, man, that's got to warm yeah, I, get that, I get that in the middle of my day. You know, the younger ones will eventually, you know, I mean, you know, you know, as a parent, we don't do shit for praise, but it's great when you get it right. Yeah. You know, it's awesome. I mean, look, that's that's my look. I'm not home all day with them. My wife has that luxury. That's my little connectivity with them. You know, first off, honestly, I do most of our lunches like at one in the morning. It's like the last thing, one, two in the morning, last thing I do before I go to bed. Um, But it's therapeutic for me a little bit. It's the way I can connect with them. And at least I know at one point during their day of being with their friends and catching the bus and getting school assignments, they're thinking of dad for at least 10, 15 minutes. That's why I get out of it. It's nice. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Absolutely. Um, last thing about your trip to Jordan. Um, this is, this is, I, I'm going to show my ignorance here, but I was really, one of the things that really caught me off guard and really surprised me was, yes, there were places with Arabic, but like your family's burger shack for one. And then the, the store that was your father's that the you, liquor store. yeah, the liquor store. The signs are in English. Oh, dude, it's, it's, come on. Most of the world is English, no matter what, where you go. Really? I, I mean, no, again, I'm being ignorant. They had, like, I, I they had, just a, they had a five-story Starbucks or a three-story Starbucks there. That's you know, awesome. My kids made me stop at McDonald's. We don't even go to McDonald's in this country. They wanted to check out McDonald's. They Jordan McDonald's was. Um, no, I mean, look, listen. Their experience so different than my first experience right because i met all these people didn't know nobody it was awkward i barely spoke the language now forget about that i barely spoke the language no one spoke english you know like you found two of your family members who spoke english it was a blessing so there was a lot of a communication problem even with kids my own age the adults and then you know you'd spend three weeks four weeks with these people and you'd fall in love. And then you, I remember my first trip, I ain't gonna lie. I went in the bathroom the last night, we're having dinner, we're leaving the next morning or that evening. I was like crying. I didn't wanna go home. Because you ain't seen these people again for years. Yeah. Talking to them. Two decades for you, right? Well, no, no, that was when as an adult, but you could still communicate. I'm talking back to my first trip when I went when I was like five years old. Oh. You know, there's no Facebook. There's no FaceTime. There's no communication. You wanted to stay in touch with everybody. You had to write a letter and stamp it and mail a letter. You know, um, you wanted to show them pictures of something, get take a photograph and go get it developed and film and put it. In. <laughs> I mean, that was the world I grew up in. So it's such a privilege for them because now when they go, everybody speaks English. The only people who don't speak English are like the 80 year old you know, aunts and uncles, and they all speak English. In fact, I was shocked. Some of my cousin's kids who live in the Middle East, they lived in, in Dubai or Abu Dhabi, their kids didn't speak Arabic. I'm talking to them in Arabic, and they're looking at me sideways. I'm like, oh, no, no, they, they, we, we speak English now. I'm like, holy cow. So they had a completely different universe than I have. It was so much easier for them, and they've stayed in touch with many That's of them. That's awesome. Cousins now, but it's so easy for them. For me, I saw them at five. 
I saw him at eight. And I think I saw him one last time at 12 or 13. And then I didn't go back until my mid to late 20s. Then I went back four years later because my brother got married. And then I didn't go back for 20 years until this last trip. Wow. Yeah, I literally, like I told you, my ignorance is showing. I literally Googled it because I was like, I was like, is like English a, like the secondary language in Jordan or something like they all do. They're, they're English schools. And in, back in the day, wow. if you went to a good college, you went to college typically in Britain, the UK. So you, they speak English with a British accent. Oh, wow. Interesting. So okay. Most of them, especially if they study in the UK, they come back speaking English with literally a British accent. I did find this out. You might know this now, uh, but uh, in 2004, uh, Amon got another sister city uh, here in this country, Chicago, which is where you hail from. I didn't even know that. Yeah, 2004. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, because I thought at first I saw Chicago and I was like, oh, I wonder if I wonder if their families had anything to do with it. And I saw it was in 2004. I was like, no, I know you've been here longer than that. Yeah, so. No, I didn't even know that. <laughs> I didn't even know but that. that that's that's pretty cool too. Um, San Francisco is another one in this country that's a sister city too, because uh, Amon apparently is the, one of the nicknames of Amon is the city of stairs, which makes sense for San Francisco with all the ups and downs too. Like well, the, they have that kind the, of the reason why it's a city of stairs is the capital city is on a mountain. Oh, okay. So it, it's called it's really called Jebel Amman. It's the mountain of Amman. It's on a mountain, and everything is stairs. My grandfather, who was Abraham, which I was named after, literally lived the day he died on a little shack. And when I say little, like I actually made them take me to go see it because I remember going there when I was five and eight years old. And I couldn't believe how small it was because, you know, when you're five, you don't think things are small. But it was like, I'm like, how did we stay here? But from the main road, it was a flight of, I'm going to guess, 30 to 40 stairs. And there was oh, a, okay. then there was a subterranean street level. And then you had to go down another flight of about 30 or 40 or 50 stairs. And he lived at the bottom there. And he walked those stairs every day. So when you say city of stairs, that's why. Wow. That's so cool. I actually got to go back and see it. And I took my kids to go see it. That he built that house. I mean, you could tell it still got the 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 mortar lines in between the concrete bricks, you know, the the gray stripe pattern on the building, whatever. But that's where my grandfather he built it, and he lived there pretty much the day he died. Awesome, wow! But I just I I really enjoyed it. I, I, the, 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 getting doc the documentation of it and everything, and I just it was just it was just too cool. And I could see, and obviously that's why you did it too. You could see. The joy on your on your children's faces, just how much fun they had. It was uh, it was unbelievable. I Thank loved you, experiencing brother. it vicariously through you guys. Um, last question of the night. This is always brought to you by Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. Fastballs or curveballs, it doesn't matter since the company's inception. Uh, company's inception. Steve Sock has been knocking them out of the park. Eight, count them up. Eight consecutive years in the consensus top three. Congratulations to our good friend, Mr. Steve Saka. So I know you already talked about the venue change from last year. But I wanted to know, and I know you've I've been throwing some some doozies in in 17 years. But what's another one that really comes to mind? A curveball that got thrown to you, maybe last minute, maybe it wasn't, but something where you just you really had to take it, run with it, go a different direction than what it was originally planned. Other than COVID. Other than co yeah, other than yeah. COVID and other than that, that's, change the, that's year. the curveball. Yeah. The that's right yeah, I was gonna say yeah. There you go. Yeah. No. So the problem is when you have a um, an event that grows every year, you keep outgrowing your venue. 
So the event was originally in our front courtyard for two years. Then we moved it to a side parking lot. And then over the next stretch of five, six, seven years, we kept on expanding the amount of the parking lot we kept taking to the point where, um, no, it actually had gotten what happened was the shopping center was doing major construction. So they were not going to let us do the event there. And then we came across the American German Club, which does Oktoberfest here. And we know they get 30,000, 20,000 people for Oktoberfest. It holds a lot of people. So we knew they could handle this event. So we moved it to American German Club, which I think we did it there for about four or five years. It was kind of nice. They had this kind of metal area and a stage where we put up bands and then we put we put tents out in the parking lot where the cigar vendors was and they had plenty of parking. And it was a nice venue. And the guy who was the president of it, who we dealt with, Kurt, um, who had, was we dealt with every year, was quirky, odd fellow, but always did a good job for us. Everybody seemed to like the venue better than the parking lot, you know, and it was great. And then right before, I mean, not too long, I mean, not, not, not too long before we had to start, I mean, maybe about four or five months, which is not a lot of time, um, some big controversy unraveled. The guy left the country. Um, the new board members didn't want to do our event anymore. And it left us scurrying of where we were going to have the event. And we were looking at places that were up to 20 miles away. We had gone to the Hard Rock um, to, to see the viability of doing it at the Hard Rock. But once again, we felt that was too far away. And we felt that the casino experience would only interfere in what we were trying to create with the Great Smoke. You know, um, wasn't sure if that was the right venue for us. Um, and we didn't think about going to the fairgrounds because the fairgrounds uh, for many years was sponsored by Smoke Free Florida. So they weren't having no smoking at that event no matter what. And out of desperation, because we really went out, I said, well, you know what, what do I got to lose? Let me try the fairgrounds. And I called this woman and we met and we talked about what we were doing. And what I didn't know was Smoke Free Florida was no longer involved in fairgrounds and that they were very uh, open to having us there. And when we were doing the event at the German club, we literally had to do all the labor, setting up chairs. There was no setting up for our event by anybody. So now I'm working with the fairgrounds and I'm all paranoid, man, because like they, they oh, we set this all up for you. I mean, they don't do like you know all the small things, but they'll set up the tables, the chairs, and you know, all that kind of stuff. And you know, they got to put up the pipe and drape and whatever. And I, I was so nervous. I'm like, look, man, because I would tell him something. He's like, I got it. I would literally say, um, do you want to write that down? No, no, I got it. And I'm like, do you want me to send you an email? No, no, I got it. So Obviously, now we have a great relationship with them. I got complete faith in everything they do. They're 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 on the ball. But that was a big thing, man. We lost the venue and didn't know where we were going to go, and really, oh, wow. really struggled with it. And thank God we found a good home at the South Florida Fairgrounds. I don't think we're ever ever going to outgrow the South Florida Fairgrounds. It's um, pretty in big. Fact, <laughs> in fact, outside that Expo Hall, Expo Hall that you saw, we did the event, and there's a thirty-five, forty thousand dollar East Hall attached right to it. So. It's going to be not in my lifetime that we outgrow the South Florida Fairgrounds. That's awesome. As long as they keep having us, that'll be our home. 
Terrific. I loved it. Uh, really encourage everyone to, to take a minute and try really, if you, you got to go, if, if it's too much too soon this year, you got to make plans for next year. Uh, Abe will be announcing the theme for next year at the end of this year's show. Uh, every year and play a video. So no, uh, no teasers, nothing you could lay out there. No hints, nothing. No, gonna, no, you gotta wait. Okay. Yeah, I know Sean wants me to break it open, but nope, you gotta wait. <laughs> we will announce it. It's, it's, uh, I kind of like it. it. It builds the anticipation. I like it. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Um, looking forward to it as well. Again, I can't thank you enough if so much for tonight, your time. I know again, we talked about how busy you are, how valuable your time is. Um, it just means a lot to me for you to come on every year and, and, and talk about, um, everything that's going on in, in, in your world. And, uh, in particular, the last couple of years talking about the great smoke, it's been fantastic. So thank you so much for the opportunity. Anytime, anytime you want, brother. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Well, everyone out there, this was our, uh, yes, this was our 241st take. Really appreciate all those likes, shares, and comments. Keep them coming. Go to the smoke in social group on Facebook. If you're a member there, great. If you already have, if you have not purchased a ticket to the great smoke, you can earn one for free. Abe's got a pin to the top of the show. Go into the comments. Bear is the best is the comment you have to leave. Bear is the best. And you will automatically be entered in to win a free ticket to this year's Great Smoke. Yes, live or virtual, whatever you want. So check it out. Um, and uh, Bear's the best. Let's see, that was his pick, not mine. So check it out. You can check out all, uh, thanks all the likes, shares, comments, everyone. Keep it coming. Check out our YouTube page, Alos Fumar, for uh, all of our shows, as well as uh, upcoming guests here on our Facebook Live page, Alos Fumar. You can check out everything coming on. Uh, the next couple of weeks, we got some great guests lined up. And um, whether you listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, or wherever you listen to podcasts, don't forget to download, subscribe, and review. If you already are a subscriber, do me a favor, hit unsubscribe, but don't forget to hit resubscribe. It helps me with my numbers so I can get great guests like Abe back uh, whenever I want. Thank you to everyone out there. Again, this was our 241st take live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studio of Azle, Texas. I'm your host, Barry Duplicity. As always, he's Abe Dabadna. Guess what, everybody? We'll see you next time. Thank you.